Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Let's get nasty on a Wednesday. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, Andrew Marsh, and Anthony Stalter. 203, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Jamie, welcome back. I, know, hey, I, didn't, I didn't know who this guy was. He came in. He was sitting in, in, in a chair that I, I mean, it's been so empty for Do you always a few embrace weeks. people you don't know like that, Kerry? <laughs> yeah, I got to do it. It's kind of my thing. I mean, it was from behind. <laughs> he had the strength of a boa constrictor. I'm not going to lie. But I did appreciate it. I missed you too, buddy. I missed you too. It's good to see you, man. <laughs> yeah. It's good it's to too see hot you. Here. It is it's a little warm in here. You're, you're, it, we, we, we clearly missed that. We, we don't need to drop it down too much, man. We, no, don't, no, we no. don't need meat locker in here. It was Listen. so cold in here one day you weren't here. My dang on hands were free. I said, I want Listen, are, you, are you not cold? <laughs> like, no, I'm fine. It's freezing in here. I'll, okay. I, yeah. You know what okay. much radio I've done with this, dude? <laughs> I got used to it. Fortunately, I went to school in Michigan, so oh, that yeah. helps a little bit. But in fairness, in fairness to me, if we're going to be fair at all, the, it goes from boiling to freezing, freezing to boiling. There's no in between. So this when you move the dial, it goes extreme. And now I don't necessarily move the dial back up because I like it. It's just fine. But. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's good to be back. It's kind of like watching the Blues. You know, they go from one extreme to the Cardinals, next. By the way, that was Sonny Gray calling yeah, well, out his own pitches hey, and we'll MFing people that aren't even there, imaginary people that mm-hmm. he's yelling at. I love this right guy. Right on, Jamie. Right on. Jamie gets it. I see what you're doing right now. Wilson Contreras too. This guy here, he's he's predicted to be a leader now, not just mm-hmm. a leader, the leader ah. of the clubhouse. Imagine that, like. Last year, he's the odd man out, and he's going to be a DH and an outfielder and all this stuff, and now he's the leader of this clubhouse. Yeah. Let's talk about that. I like that. Blues play like they did last oh. night. They're going to be the odd team out when it comes to the wild card. That oh, was not stop. That was not pretty, Jamie. It wasn't. Not one bit. I was there. O- outside of the fourth <laughs> outside of the fourth line in Bennington, ah, that was pretty bad. It was bad, yeah. Hey, look, it, I... I don't think there's one player, in fact, I know there's not one player that's sitting there following that game happy with the team effort. There are probably three players that are pretty happy with their effort. The fourth line was fantastic. And Jordan Bennington, although Jordan Bennington's never happy unless they're winning. Mm -hmm. And let me let you in on a little secret, guys. Jordan Bennington doesn't even care about letting in three or four goals as long as they win. Yeah. As long as he can make the save that wins a hockey game or helps the team win. That's where he's at in his career, which is a great mindset to have as a goaltender. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not that he likes being scored on, but he wants to win. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just wanted to put that out in the universe. But yeah, the fourth line came to play, and I don't know what it was, man. It's weird. Like, Toronto games... Now, the Blues, by the way, historically, since the Scotiabank Arena has been built... I think the Blues were like 14-1-2. Yeah, they had some a lot of success there. Like a crazy winning percentage. So it's not like they go up to Toronto and they get nervous and it's just a bad thing. It just was a bad night. And you could tell from the very first shift of the game, you know, Toronto, it's it set up to be a bad game. 
and it shouldn't be this way, and it's it's quite honestly inexcusable from some of the players, but you're looking across at the other team. They're without three of their best players. Mm. Their best defenseman by far is out. Then you have Tavares, and you have Marner, that last-second scratches before the game, before the warm-ups. That should motivate you to just kick their teeth in. And whatever reason, I guess it didn't. And I'm not saying that they sat there and said, well, we're going to have it easy now. But now that narrative is out there. Because of the way you came out for that very first shift or first period of the game, it feels like, well, they just thought they were going to have it easy. And I don't know that attitude to be true or not. I'm not in the locker room or on the bench, so I, I can't pass that judgment. But I can tell you that watching the game, I saw from the very first puck drop that they weren't into it. Is it hard to focus on just the task at hand because we can sit here and say, well, it's it look, you're playing the Toronto Maple Leafs. It doesn't really matter who's who's in uniform for that night. You you gotta win the game. Yeah. But it's you're also human beings. So was it was it tough back in the day, Jamie, when you knew that certain players were gonna be out for certain teams? No. To just focus in on what the other the other team's sweater? Are you kidding me, Anthony? That means I got more ice time. <laughs> <laughs> when when Lemieux and Yager were out Hey, Rivers, you're going to play more because we don't want these other crayon eaters to be taking advantage of your teammates. Right. So, yeah. good luck. That makes sense. Put in a mouth guard if you got one. <laughs> if not, we don't care. Still get out there. But, no, there were pockets of time in my career where I was playing against the top guys night in and night out. I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just wired in a weird way. Maybe I need help, probably. Yeah. But I, every time I touched the ice, I played to win. I I told you, told you this before, like, Halfway through my career, like, as a young guy, I was hungry. Just wanted to win, wanted to be successful, wanted to win every game. The back half of my career, I convinced myself to believe that this might be the last time you play. Mm. Every game might be the last game you play, and is this how you want to be remembered? Mm-hmm. And so, not, not that doesn't mean I played great every game, right. but I played my ass off every game. <clears throat> and so whatever it took from that point on, and I, I've told you this before, the last person you see in the and almost every day is yourself in the mirror. Before you go to bed, you're brushing your teeth, you're doing whatever you got to do, you're staring at yourself in the mirror. Are you embarrassed of that person or are you not? And so for me, it's a psychotic way of looking at it, but that's the way I looked at it. So did I go out there and did I leave it all out on the ice? So if I don't play tomorrow or ever again, can I go back at this last game and go, you know what? I'm proud of that. That's the mentality I had. So Mm -hmm. maybe that's way out there. Maybe that's, I don't know, maybe it's over the top. But that's the way I went into things. I don't think that's way out there. I don't think it's over the top. I, we talked about this team, and the level of frustration that you have is effort and energy because those are the things you can control. If a guy is better than you, fist, fat, faster, stronger, more skilled, th- though you're going to run into, especially when you're at the highest level, you will run into those guys. There's going to be plenty of them. But that person cannot control your effort or your energy, and it cannot control your effort and energy collectively as a team. And I think the level of frustration that that Blues fans have is when you go out there and don't... When you say only the fourth line played well, that's frustrating because why? Why is that? What do you need to... What more do you want than to have everything right in front of you and say, hey, if we lose, we lose. But we're not going to lose because we just don't try as hard as we can. And that, I think that's the that's the one concern that has been the concern consistently throughout the entire year. And you could see them pressing throughout the game, too. Like, the turnovers were uncharacteristic to what they had been doing for the last, you know, seven out of their first or the last eight games. The neutral zone giveaways that, that 
going side to side with the puck rather than moving it ahead. Like you could just see the small little things that were bad habits before that really hadn't been in the game, in their game recently. You could see it happening and you're like, oh, no, no, move the puck ahead, get it in, force this defensive core without their first, their number one guy to play defense, yep. force them to try and break out of their zone. Put it in Mark Giordano's corner. He's 40 years old. He's got to get tired at some point. <laughs> no, but seriously, Mark Giordano, he, I mean, he was energized. He's a hell of a player, and he probably still has another couple of years left in him if he wants it. But test him. He's coming off the IR, too. Mm-hmm. Put it in his corner. Run him. Yeah, there's no there's no excuse for Samsonov to only have 14 saves. I mean, that's ridiculous. You, you, didn't, you didn't funnel pucks to the net. You, you didn't hem Toronto into their own zone. You did none of it. You did you did nothing to really give yourself an opportunity to win from an offensive standpoint. Mm-hmm. Bennington was excellent. I thought the fourth line played with a lot of energy. I thought they, they were the best line last night. But when it comes to you want your fourth line to have that identity but I don't, know, I don't know how you guys feel. I don't want the fourth line to be the best line on a, in a given night. I'm going to tell you a secret, Anthony. It's a dirty secret too. We can say it on air. If the fourth line is your best line, you didn't have a great game. Right. That's no disrespect. I was a fourth liner as right. a forward. I was a third pair defenseman <laughs> as a defenseman. Mm-hmm. And if I was the best guy on the ice with McKinnis and Pronger and Steve Duchesne and other guys in it's our lineup, Not we great. had a bad day. Yeah. It wasn't great. It's, Boy, it's tough. It it's is. Somewhat, Chief, you know, you're a fourth liner. It's somewhat similar, Carrie, to, to the safety. You look down at the box score, it's like, oh, our safety was our leading tackle. That's not good. <laughs> That's we didn't a, have a good day. He was active. He yeah. Had 17 he tackles. Had Ooh, that meant the linebacker probably had three. Yeah, not great. <laughs> not great. Great <laughs> Important. Yeah, they got past the linebacker yeah. to get to the safety. Yeah, and the opposing running back had a uh, 7.3 yards yeah, per carry 180 average. 180 yards. Yep. Blues and Oilers, not that they're playing well. Uh, they, that's the pregame show tomorrow at 6 o'clock. E Oilers. What, they score 20 last night? Uh, they had three, and I think they ended up with seven. They had three going into the third and four goals, I think, in the... 7-4 was the final, I believe. Well, it's a good opportunity to bounce back. They'll be tired. Yeah, they'll be real tired. Lifting arms, their arms that arms many times. Tired. They shouldn't have they got scored that many. Travel <laughs> from Edmonton today? That's I mean, a long trip. It's a beautiful sunny day, but that's a long trip. Oh, yeah. You know? They should have saved some of those goals. So, Blues are... 8-4. It was 8-4. Eight. 8-4. Eight eight I was way off. Unreal. That's right, yeah. Who's in your starting nine for the Cardinals on opening day? Katie Wu had some projections for the starting lineup. We'll, we'll discuss that next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Katie Wu of The Athletic put together a roster projection a couple of days ago for The Athletic. So the Cardinals opening day roster projection. What to watch for as spring training begins. Let's see if we agree with these. A lot of the names, I don't think we're going to have a lot of pushback, but you never know. Jamie Rivers, Kerry Davis, and Anthony Stalter. Katie Wu accountable here. Yeah, absolutely. You know. All right, starting pitchers. Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Kyle Gibson, Lance Lynn, Stephen Matz. No nope. surprises here. Check, check. Yeah. Steven Matz going to be fighting for his what? life. After I seen what Zach Thompson was talking about, now he's approaching this. You see that last week? Oh, yeah. You did. I know you were there. He's You're ready to me. go. No, 
He is dead set focused on taking a rotation spot. I, I hope he does, quite frankly. Who I would hope you he does. If both parties being equal, mm-hmm. would you rather have Zach Thompson or Steven Matz ready? Steven Matz, if he's I, healthy? I would say the same. I would disagree. Well, but here's the thing, Jamie. Here's the trapdoor scenario. Even if he is healthy, wait till about May, and then no, Zach understand. Thompson will be in the rotation. All things being equal, uh-huh. wouldn't you rather have the young arm? I would. I mean, Steven Matz, Way when, more when, he pitched, when he did pitch last year, he pitched very well. No, he did for a, a incremental amount of time. Let's mm-hmm. not forget the beginning of the season where he didn't pitch well. Then he got hurt. Then he was demoted to the bullpen. Right. Then he got brought back in because everybody else was so bad. Yeah. And then he pitched good. So let's not forget how it actually went, hey, Anthony. Jamie, don't go trying to you, got, to you know snow me on this. Jamie, you got me on this like this guy all sunshines and lollipops <laughs> crap. Jamie, you got me on the Stephen Matz like hill. I don't want to be there. Well, you I don't want to be there. You just walked up there and stood there. I walked up there He's for a second. Yeah, what? He's not by himself up there. I'm up there with don't, him oh, because Stephen Matz spring training. Stephen Matz was outstanding. Last year. How many trophies How, you win in spring training, No, you Kerry? don't win any. Cactus, you win the Cactus did they, League. Did they give there you a ring for that? Did they win that? Great League champion. Yeah, not, not the Cactus League. There excuse me. We can win the Cactus League, too. That's how good they were last year. Thank you. Yeah, they just gave it to them. They were the double champ. Yeah, they were. And then they weren't. And then they weren't. And then the season started, and it didn't go well. And then, no. he, as you said, the timeline is accurate, how you went demoted to the bullpen and performed really well there and earned an uh, opportunity back into the starting lane. He did. No, he fell into it. Well, look, he fell into it. Everybody they was hurt. so bad they said, give this guy a chance. Everybody was hurt. <laughs> he did really well and earned himself. Oh, no, he did. And then I think he you ended the season hurt again. You can all you want. Right? Yeah. There's no way. I think it's Steven Metz. I did like oh, I think it'll be Steven yeah. Metz, but I don't like it. Oh, yeah. Well. You don't. Again, you don't have to wait very long, Jamie. <laughs> Just wait until he gets hurt. Don't put that on Steven Matz. He's going to be healthy. He, he, he's he's going to carry. He puts he's that going on himself. to start 33 games this year. Carrie, don't forget these are right here for you. Yeah, there we go. Guys, yes. We need better glasses. 33 Marshy, games from Steven Matz. I kind of like these. Over or under? Marshy, we're going to task you with something. Over? Yeah. You're going to hit a dollar store somewhere in St. Louis. And you're okay. going to buy a pair of red glasses okay. and a pair of blue glasses. I might have to get a few blue glasses after I'm, last night's game. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you can find plenty of Cardinals and Blues related glasses. No, you'll pay too much. We don't want that. Go on Amazon. Get the get the cheapos. After last, after last season? I'll get like the I Tony like the Stark tinted. glasses. Yeah, there you go. You know what I'm talking about? It would be good. Well, expensive. Tommy loves expensive. Absolutely. Yeah, he doesn't care. <laughs> Your catchers, Wilson Contreras and Yvonne Herrera. I think that's nice. the way it should be. In that order? Yes. <laughs> Don't we're not yes. starting 2024 off with this nonsense. Did Wilson you Contreras. see the what league he played in? What was that league? Herrera was in the, the Winter League, Caribbean League. Oh, yeah. He tore that place apart. Well, he's going to be a good backup for the Cardinals. He should get he should get two starts a week. Was you give about forty starts this season? Once the start, yeah. Once the season gets rolling there a little bit, now maybe maybe because of all the off days, you have Wilson Contreras catch the bulk of April, but Yvonne Herrera should see, like you said, 40 or 45 starts this year. I don't always agree with you, but you're right on this one. Thanks, Janet. See? Appreciate Mm. you. Infielders, Nolan Arenado. Sorry. Nolan Arenado. Thank you. I got to get into shape here. Yeah, that was a little weak. Paul Goldschmidt, Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman, Mason Wynn, and the one and only Salsa King, Matt, Matt Carpenter. Where's Carpenter going? 
starting at second he's base in the clubhouse. He's starting at second oh, well, base. He didn't say he the position, so I he, was like, "That's what he." Well, no, this is this is Katie. It just says infielders. She, he's not starting anywhere. No, he's not. No, starting. he's not. Starting. No, we're talking about roster projections. Oh, yeah. I, th- I yeah. thought we were putting together the starting. <laughs> we will. <roster. laughs> this is why I got so serious, guys. I misunderstood we'll the assignment. Yeah. Here. Well, <laughs> this is just a roster projection, no, and then we're we'll just get, letting everybody play, and then we'll get into the. <laughs> well, there are five starting pitchers. You, you, that may. Have I did dig my up. heels on that. Okay. One. Yeah. All right. I I may still, have thrown you. So again, no pushback on the on the infielders, outfielders: Lars Newpar, Tommy Edmond, Jordan Walker, Dylan Carlson, Alec Burleson. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Relief pitchers, Ryan Helsley, Giovanni Gallegos, uh, Keenan Middleton, Andrew Kittridge, Jojo Romero, John King, Ryan Fernandez, and Nick Robertson. There's a lot of new new faces there. She said those three spots are shaping up to be the most competitive area on the roster. Any toss-up of Robertson, King, Fernandez, Andre Pallante, Matthew Libertor, and even prospect Gordon Graceffa with an outstanding spring could make the cut. King makes the roster here as a left-handed complement to Romero, while Robertson provides durability. I, I, I like the way that Katie laid that out there. I don't think that Matthew Libertor starts the year in the bullpen, and I could see Andre Pallante after the mess that he had last year of a season last year. He's, he's behind now. Mm-hmm. So what a those turn names. of events for that kid, man. He did everything possible to get himself into the 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 action mm-hmm. to where they they started him. Even they loved him so much. And last year you couldn't pitch him, and then he did everything to get get himself out of there. Unfortunately, yep. to lose a roster spot, it's tough when you're a younger player trying to figure out your role, trying to figure out yourself and and how you fit in all of that. I think you know maybe maybe a little bit more experience he'll be better. But I I I mean. For the most part, I think that that John King and JoJo JoJo Romero for me was, in my opinion, the MVP of the of the bullpen last year. He was the only one that I trusted as we went down late in the season. You you could tell he was still passionate about winning and wanting to do everything he could. Got his first decision ever in his career, so I think he did a great job last year and and earned a spot on this roster for twenty twenty four. Yeah, I agree. I think they they also overpitched him so that he got hurt. So hopefully. They don't have to. Hopefully, they don't have to do that this year. Hopefully, yep. some of those other guys can pitch as good, so that JoJo can just do his job. Let's hope. I think the bullpen has an opportunity to be really good this season. Ryan Helsley, your closer. I think Ryan. You you have several late inning options. Ryan Helsley's one of them. Giovanni Gallegos is another one. Kittridge had had, had some high leverage opportunities. So did JoJo. Last so did JoJo Romero. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you've got uh, you you have options now. Middleton could do it too. Where. Ollie on a given day can actually play the. This is where I don't mind if you play the matchups. If you want to do that in the late innings to match things up, I, that that could give you an advantage if you have the stable of pitchers. We can't criticize the manager when it's when when the bullpen is Helsley every other day, Giovanni Gallegos on gas, and then carry Jamie and May. Like Ollie's not going to succeed with 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 that that group. But with this group, if it stays healthy, I think he can mix and match, and then there's more onus on. His his late game managing. If you're going to do a starting lineup, projected starting lineup, what do you think? Who leads off, Lars? Well, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> Guys, don't. Is it a righty? Sorry. Well, no, but is it a righty or lefty on the bump? Because right-hander. I, then I would say it's Lars. Yes. Or it's Brendan. A le- Don- it's a lefty. It's Donovan. Or Brendan. Well. No, you if it's a lefty, it'd probably be Tommy Edmond, wouldn't it? Do we not want or speed Tommy. at the top of the line? Like, real speed? Lars can, Lars can yeah, wheel a little not, bit. He's not. He's not. What? He's not. Have you not seen him hey, run? That, I have. He's faster than us, Kerry. Uh, 
Well, he is. Ah, yeah. I still can pick him up and put him down. No, I know, but one time. I'm not going to race more. Nah, our hamstrings aren't equipped for. This is true. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so Don, some combination of Donovan, New Bar, Tommy Edmund at leadoff. Okay. Paul Goldschmidt, number two. I'd like to know. Yes, I don't disagree with that, but I'd like to know what Goldie's numbers are in the two hole rather than the three hole. You know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like where does he have his his biggest success? That I don't know. I I you'd have to ask. I would me. like to see Jordan Walker in the two hole. I would like that. I would like to have. I want to see him. I mean, he was batting sixth, seventh, eighth, and the numbers aren't going to be as great when you don't have anyone batting behind you or people aren't on. If you're batting eighth, it, I want to see him with more. If you want to see the best version of him mm-hmm. and the best version of your team. Let him get on. And now he's fast enough that can get around the bases when Nolan or, or Goldie hits one in the gap. Like I, I that's my opinion. I Goldschmidt in the two hole, yeah, he's probably gonna get on. How is he gonna be able to get around there fast enough? Give me somebody that can hit the ball hard and get around the bases when my big guys come up after him. Yeah, I don't hate the idea. Like two years ago we were starving to put somebody else in the two spot. Because Goldie three and Arenado four seemed to work. Mm-hmm. In fact, Tyler O'Neill they were they were really wanting that to work out because of Tyler O'Neill being able to have pop and also his speed and run. And that never seemed to work out. They've tried a number of guys. Finally, they got sick of it and said, "Go, Goldie's going to go there." I, I like Goldschmidt. But it limit there. doesn't it limit like when you don't have speed on the base paths? Now you're station to station as opposed to. Yeah, I can get a guy that can get from first to third and not be thrown out. He's not going to be stuck sure. at second base. I just, I just feel like it, if you have more speed, more athleticism, let's go. I, I would let's want, use that. So, so in in that spot, I, I want somebody with a combination of high on base and power, and that's Goldschmidt. I want somebody that can get on base either either continue the inning or set something up, or somebody that's got a little power. And Goldschmidt has plenty of of power. So, with his ability to get on base, plus the power, I like Goldschmidt, too. We agree to disagree. So. Okay, fair enough. We have voted you, actually. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, three. It's democracy, baby. Three, this is you, you, this is where you can kind of play around a little bit. I mean, if you wanted to have Donovan lead off, you can have Lars Newbar here, too. I like Gorman here. You can go Gorman if, if you're he's going in the lineup. Goldie, too, I like Gorman, three. I'm fine with that. All right. Arenado, fourth. Yes. Yeah. Contreras, fifth. Yes. Yeah. And then I would either go Gorman or Lars here if you're not going to. Gorman is three. Yeah, but depending on the matchup, oh, yeah. Anthony's yeah. saying. Okay. I'm fine with so that. So now too. you got Jordan Walker back at the bat, at the bottom Jordan of the lineup. Walker. Jordan, no Walker. For Jordan, Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker makes sense here at six, too. Why is he, Why is he so far down? Why? Enough. Time to More lean on the kid. Opportunities. Anthony. Time to lean on If him. you're supposed to be a star, mm-hmm. give me star at bats. Give me the guy. Put some people behind me, so guess what you got to throw to me? Good pitches. Because if I'm batting after those guys, and the only person to protect me is Mason Wynn, who, and and uh, maybe Tommy Edmond, hey, you already said Mason Wynn is batting ninth, and you don't expect much from him in the lineup. What pitches am I going to see? Don't How do you get the best Kerry's version right, of Anthony. him? I don't say it very often. Thank but you. Carrie's right. Thanks first. That might right. Right. Can you write that down, Marcia? <laughs> Let me. Uh... Three, two thirty. On two fourteen wow. Valentine's Day, that's a, got, yeah, yeah, got the you, love. <laughs> let me let me throw uh, Devil's Advocate at you. Oh, here we go. Alrighty, the bottom of your lineup stinks. Now what? 
It's going to stink regardless. Why well, does it have to stink? If Jordan, but if Jordan Walker is a, is a god, as you guys have said, then have him hit a little bit lower, extends extends your lineup. But it's not. Oh, you're but pulling you're, that one. No, you lengthen the lineup. You're, you're always wanting to lengthen you can, it out. You Anthony. can you yeah. can lengthen it if you move everybody back one spot. Depends how much you move. Oh. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> No? All right. Don't move back too far. Don't lengthen it out, all right? Tommy Edmund, Mason Wynn, some combination of those two guys, 8-9. Oh. All right, we've got what's trending next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills, so celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber Gas, or Charcoal Grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time to find out what's going on in the sports world with What's Trending Now, brought to you by Goodwill. Donate a car and get tickets to the St. Louis Cardinals. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN with Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers, and Carrie Davis. I'm Andrew Marsh, and it's time for What's Trending. Gentlemen, according to James Larson, quarterback A.J. McCarron is planning to sign back with the St. Louis Battlehawks. Sources say McCarron was officially released by the Bengals today, and Larson is told his return to the Battlehawks could be as soon as this week. What are your guys' thoughts on that? I think it's great. I thought he was one of the, the key advantages that the Battle Hawks had over a lot of teams last year. I mean, how many times did he get to the line of scrimmage, lock eyes with one of his wide receivers, make an adjustment at the line, and wind up scoring a touchdown? I, I thought he played very well last year. I, again, I think it's one of one of the Battle Hawks' biggest advantages to have somebody that can read defenses, read them on the fly, make adjustments uh, You know, at, at the line of scrimmage. He's got a fair amount of experience, more so than a lot of the, the quarterbacks he's going to face Throughout the, throughout the XFL season, or USL, what is it now? UFL. UFL, UFL, the UFL season. The awful. The awful. <laughs> I think this is great. And the fact that he wants, to, he wants to be here, he wants to play for the Battlehawks, even better. I, I think he's got it figured out. I mean, you go and sign with the Cincinnati Bengals. You become a backup. You, Joe Burrow gets hurt. You sign. You play in a couple of games. You get some opportunities. But you know you're not ever going to be the starting quarterback there unless Joe Burrow gets hurt again and Jake Browning doesn't perform as well as he did. And then you get to go back to the UFL and play football. So you got the salary part of it because you were able to be active for some games. But then you also get to come back and play football and do the thing that you love to do and not have to worry so much about the finances because you got a few game checks. And those game checks were pretty decent, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Even though it was league minimum, 
he still was able to get some money and come back and play the game. I think he's, I think it's a great idea. I think he's done a great job, and I think he's going to probably try to uh, do the same thing, repeat the cycle next year. This is exactly what I've been saying about the XFL slash UFL. Now, this is what you need to be is a development slash, you know, maintenance league for some of these players. Mm -hmm. Because when the Bengals needed a backup quarterback, I'd rather go find a guy who was just starting in a professional league. I'm not going to say equal, or but a professional league, calling plays, reading defenses, all this stuff. Then the guy's sitting at home. I know Joe Flacco did a hell of a job, but not everybody's Joe Joe Flacco. Flacco. You know what I'm saying? So when I... Hall of Famer Joe Flacco. Yeah, but if Eli Manning is, so is Joe Flacco. We'll get into that You didn't later. know that? Yeah. He, he's, he... <laughs> the numbers match up, Anthony. That's what I said, Anthony. He they do. Hall. You weren't here. Kerry I almost fell understand. out of my almost fell over. I had the numbers to support it. <laughs> didn't, 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 nah. didn't want to hear it. Kind of. Anyways, <laughs> my point, if we get away from Joe Flacco being a Hall of Famer, mm. the day when he's wearing that gold jacket, you'll know. But... Um, <laughs> <laughs> but this is what the the U the UFL should be. You should be able to send guys down, even for me, even young guys, get them some game action. I know there's always risk of injury. Well, there's mm-hmm. risk of injury in every minor league pro system. The hockey's physical too, yeah. and guys play in the minors all the time. So it is what it is. But I think to your point, he's got to figure it out. Yeah, come here, play as a starting quarterback, continue to. Be a guy that can be called upon at any point. And then any NFL team that gets an injured quarterback at any point, even an injured backup quarterback, hey, let's call A.J. McCarron. Yeah. yeah. He comes in at the right price. He's going to perform. And then we just cut him. He goes back to the oh, – we're fine. Right. This is exactly why I, I think the league should be operating like that with this minor league-esque look to it. Mm-hmm. Guys, the Chiefs are having their parade today. And Steve Spagnola was signed to a contract extension, the team announced, even though uh, Kevin Demoff the other day was... Was that him, Anthony, who was saying that he should have a, yeah. a head coaching gig yeah. because of what the Rams failed to do while they were here in right. St. Louis? Didn't give him didn't, didn't give him much of a shot. Coming from the guy who signed the checks. Yeah. Well, coming from the guy that... Kevin, had, go back to bed. Yeah. <laughs> hey, <laughs> what? They, they weren't even trying. No. But... Spagnolo, from from what I was told, his, his demeanor and temperament, I guess, when he was here, was a little. He, he you know, he, he, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't St. Louis, I guess, in terms well, of taking down the the greatest show on turf. Yeah, information and pictures and signage and wanting to make it all about the new regime. You you don't you don't disregard or disparage what came before you. Especially right. if it was greatness, you no you kidding. accept it, and you try to build on to it. You don't say, "Ah, those guys sucked," and well, they got eight Hall of Famers. Well, I'm right? sure they took down pictures of Terry Bradshaw in, in Pittsburgh, nah, right? Nah, 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 mean nah, Joe nah, Green, they nah, got rid of all nah, those, didn't they? Mean Joe Green still walks around mm-hmm. the building. I He's guarantee you, if he didn't see his pictures, <laughs> he'd be pissed. <laughs> That's my point. Uh, I I completely. First of all, I agree with you guys. So, like, you don't you you have to respect the history. I. To, let's let's put this in perspective. He wasn't being malicious. He he had the idea of hey, we have not had success since the greatest show on turf. Let's turn the page. He shouldn't have done that. It, it was it was a bad it's a it was a bad idea. look. It was a dumb dumb idea. <laughs> but he was trying to establish a culture. He made it. He made a big mistake. The bigger mistake, in my opinion, the culture was already established. The, the culture was established, <laughs> but they were they were terrible for a while. 
So he was trying to say, "Hey, <laughs> let's stop reliving. Let's stop living in the past. Let's let's turn the page forward." Mm. He just did it in a bad way, and terrible. he never got a head coaching job after that. I thought the bigger issue that he had, though, was he was hiring guys that he f- he knew wouldn't get hired in other spots. Mm. So he was hiring assistant coaches that wouldn't be plucked. Right. That's that means not they're great. not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. They're not good enough to be plucked. They're yeah. not good enough. You you want your assistants to be taking calls from other teams for head coaching positions because they're they're that good. Yeah. You think Dan Campbell wants to see Ben Johnson leave? No, not at all. But he knows that Ben Johnson's doing a hell of a job, and he's going to get plucked someplace else. Right. You want you want that as a head coach. I thought I thought Spags made a couple of missteps, but credit him. He has found his his you know calling. He he's the only coordinator. In NFL history, to win four four Super Bowls now, so the the Chiefs have their guy. His career is set. Good for him. I don't think he'll get another head coaching uh, job. I don't think so either. Maybe and maybe he doesn't want it either. Yeah, maybe he doesn't want it. I'm staying with success. Odds yeah. are he's probably being paid pretty handsomely right now. He's probably one. What's of the a defensive coordinator make? Couple million. I actually don't know, Kerry. Do you know NFL, like Spags? I, I don't know what they make in the college. I feel like gets paid more. College, you can make a, a couple of mil. As a coordinator, um, I'm not sure what they make as far as NFL coordinators. Spags is making a couple of mil. There's no way I'm he's sure not he making is. two, three. He's, he's, there's he's no not, way. He's 800, 900 thousand. He's, he's got to be more than that. There's no way. Even I mean, that's still a great. That's living. still a great. Living. Still. Yeah. yeah. We didn't talk about dollars. this. We didn't. We didn't talk about this a, a couple of days ago when the when the report actually came out. But Josh Hader admitted to something that caught all of us kind of off guard and. And we're like, eh, I can kind of see it from from both sides here. We'll get into that and talk about maybe this is why the Cardinals don't pursue high-paying relievers either. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. Josh Hader, a couple of days ago, admitted that he didn't want the Brewers to use him or overuse him in certain situations a couple of years ago before he got dealt because he was he was hoping for that big payday. He mm-hmm. wanted the big payday. He didn't want to be overused. He wanted he didn't want to be put through the meat grinder before he got paid. This is one of those situation guys where. I really feel like both. I, I get both sides of it. I want I want the player to be competitive. I want him to, to to want the ball constantly, right? But there's also an element of not all players. And I don't know what I don't know what makes Josh Hader tick, but you guys have probably played in your respective sports with guys that just didn't care about the money. They wanted to compete at all costs, and there's probably guys that didn't give a rip about hockey. It's just what they were good about, good at, or football. And they got paid to do it. And it was just a job for them. So maybe Hater falls into that that line. He's like, I want to get a big payday, and then we'll keep going here. I, I don't like that in my athlete, but I'm also realistic. I, I understand that some guys are motivated by different things. But when it comes to the Brewers, now that we have this perspective, I would have traded his ass too. I would have traded him when, right, when they, right when they knew. Or do you pay him? No, I'd trade him. Or do you pay him and what? say, "Fine, this is the payday you want. Here's the payday we'll give you. This is what this is all we're giving you." I think they're smart to deal. Yeah, I, I'm not, not disputing that. 
I guess I'm just expanding the conversation a little well, bit. Well, don't. <laughs> well, I'm going to continue to do it just because you said don't. When I'm – I don't – I try to look at things from a player perspective. That That's initially where I always come from. Most times you only get one opportunity to get that big contract. And if you haven't gotten it yet, yeah, you kind of got to protect yourself at all times to make sure you get it. But there is a fine line between – I'm not going to play or I'm not going to do this because I don't want to get hurt and kind of leaving your teammates out to dry. So there is there is a fine line. If you are in a position where you're the Milwaukee Brewers and you're going to overuse me, then no, hell no. I can show up, but I don't I don't you're not going to use and abuse because as a player, I, I told you this, I told you all this. I had a coach tell me our job is to tolerate you until we can replace you. That's every person on this roster. At some point, every man on a roster will no longer be on that roster. And the coaches, GMs, front office people, their job is to find someone that can replace you, whether it's now that is better than you or later on down the road when you're not as good as you are at this moment. So as a player, your job is to not be replaced. You got to work hard every single day and show up and be the best version of yourself, but also not be injured and not run yourself through the ringer for a team that maybe is trying to win a championship, maybe is not surrounding you with the pieces to win a championship, and not be, as you said, grinded to the point where there's nothing left to when you do become a free agent, you don't have anything to give. Yeah, I'm going to tell you to, to pitch when I give you the damn ball. That's what I'm yeah. going to tell you to do. Because I, I don't but, believe... But with that, it's also your job to protect him from hurting well, himself. It is, but it's also my job to not let him be a prima donna, too. I agree 100%. And there's too much of that crap in baseball. There is. And I'm just going to single out that one sport because we hear about it the most. I haven't heard of too many linebackers saying, hey, coach, <laughs> I need to take three sets of downs off because, you know, you're overusing me. Or they're running the ball too much to my side, and I'm running into people a little more than I'd like. Probably won't hear that. I haven't heard a defenseman in the NHL say, I'd rather not be part of the penalty kill. I'll take less ice time because, you know, blocking those shots and playing defense, <laughs> it's wearing me down, and I'm two years away from free agency, and I want to cash in. Mm. So that's why I'm, I'm kind of highlighting baseball. And if a player ever told me that, I'd put the ball in his hand every damn day till his arm fell off. I'm not, I'm not, look at, no, but look at what happened here in St. Louis. Vladimir Tarasenko wanted a trade. Mm-hmm. I want out of here. That's it. And the team and the doctors and the, the, I don't like this and I don't like that. Army said, okay, we'll try and trade you. Sorry, I can't trade you. You're going to play every single game. And if you suck, it's going to be on you then. Yeah. So you're going to get a bad contract. So that's on you. So either... Don't play, and we'll suspend you without right. play, or do play, play like crap, and you won't get Don't paid, get, yeah. or you'll play the way you're supposed to play because you want out of here so bad, mm-hmm. so somebody actually wants to trade for you, and then somebody will actually want to pay you. But isn't that more, I mean, when you're a pitcher and using the same, I feel like it's different for different sports. Because. But, but, Kerry, but, but say, look at you. You got Ray Lewis punching through the hole. And, and you're going to be like, you know what? I don't really want to get not, hit today. So it's your job, right? I mean, it's my job. What's well, his yeah. job to pitch? You're it is. Pitch. In pitch. this motion. <laughs> 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 is it not? No, I, I, I Jamie, pitch I'm, underhand, I guess, if he wants. Jamie, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> I just, I, I understand. I understand it from a player's perspective. Again, we all. 
you know, even when players sit out, we have we, we may not have players say in the middle of the game, yeah, I'm not going to show up, but we, NFL for sure, we're not showing up to training camp. I won't be there until you sign me to the money that I'm worth. Mm-hmm. And, I, yeah, I got a deal, a year left on my deal, but I still won't show up because I'm not going to put more stress on myself until you guarantee me the money that I know I deserve. So it may not be in the point where it happens in game, but it does happen, and I'm sure it happens in I'm sure it happens in hockey where guys are fighting for a new contract and wanting to be paid and not wanting to participate until they get paid. And I think this is essentially the same thing. Josh Hader saying, "You all are not going to run me into the ground because when then you run home. me into the ground, stay home, protect I, yourself." We, but 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 it's it's middle of the season, what, th- so you're not going not to run fault. me into. Eh, it it kind of. No. but it Carrie, as a, I will never see as a manager, no as way. a coach, your job is to not run your players into the ground. But then you can it's have to healthy protect meetings them to with a, the team. I agree, and come to an agreement. But it, it can't be your stance. You're going to pitch, and my stance. No, I'm not. Somebody has to meet in the middle, and unless you meet in the middle, then they, they we're both going to stand our but ground that's and when not you bring everybody in, right? So the president of baseball operations, the manager, the pitching coach, your agent, and you, and you sit yeah. down and say, hey. He's feeling it a little bit here right now. Can we come up with a schedule? Include the trainer. Or the, I agree. Whoever, and be, say, can we come up with a routine, a seven-day routine for this guy that makes sense for both the club and the player? And then if the team says, no, blank you, then you know, okay, yeah. all of a sudden, ooh, yeah. my arm. It's just a little strained. I'm going to yeah. take a week off here because I felt a tweak What'd in my say? shoulder. My ooh, arm? My arm. Remember Caddyshack? <laughs> yeah. He goes, ooh, my arm. It's broken. <laughs> I just love how you in the middle of the sentence. There. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, but that's the way. I look at otherwise, man. If it's just a player trying to sit there and dictate to the manager, hey, by the way, I don't take the ball two games in a, in a row. Like, mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. I'd be like, yeah, get out. You've got, you've got right now to get out of my office before I have the chance to punch you in the yes. face. Yes, I, I, I agree right. with that one hundred percent. You, you could do, you could do, you could punch him in the face. You could pitch him every day. Or we've seen too. We've seen Make Ollie say. No, we've seen we've seen Ollie not use the guy. Like, yeah. Sit okay, down there. You're gonna disappear then for for about a week now, and I'm not gonna go to yeah, you. Yeah, then some other poor sucker's taking the ball three days in a row because he wants it. And then he wants, his name is Chris. Maybe that's Stratton. why he wants it. And then he wants the guy to walk into the clubhouse and pop the guy for him. Yeah, either way, it all works itself out, right? Sure. Okay. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Blues Cues are next. If you've got a blues-related question, send it into the Air Comfort Service text line at 314-399-9646. Again, Blues Cues next. Oh, my arm. It's broken. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, it's time for the Fast Lane's Blues Cues. 302, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. I got a question for you real quick. How does it feel to work with children? Like when you, because you are the only adult in here. Boy. Every, oh, boy, Carrie. After, when we come back every break, either myself or Jamie is asking you, what are we doing? What are we doing here? Jamie, Jamie, two segments ago, as the music is playing, what are we doing here? <laughs> Carrie, as the music's playing, what are we, what are we doing here? Or the the FanDuel? Hey, we're doing this. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. FanDuel. <laughs> Which one we got? 
The sad part is, Gary, you you call me the adult. If I'm if I'm the adult, boy, we're all in trouble. Yeah, buddy. Huh? I think I might be the adult. You yeah, actually yeah, might Marsh. be. <laughs> That's not good. The, the younger brother's taking care of the the three older idiots. Oh man, poor Every Anthony day. though. Like seriously, he's had to deal with Dunk. Uh, which I mean, everybody loves Dunk, and I love listening to Dunk. Like, awesome. Yeah. But you, you had Dunk, uh, then you had BT, then you had me and BT, uh-huh. and now you got Carrie and me. Right. Poor Anthony. I mean, he's really been set up. Holding here. it together, man. What have you I'm done? You. What did you do to Tommy to piss him off? No. <laughs> Listen, nobody knows who the hell I am without <laughs> Dunk, Jamie, BT, and Carrie. That's that's, a, that's just a hey, fact, you man. Are the guy. You're no, a, you I appreciate are. you guys. Are you kidding me? Uh, all right, so it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. Let's get in some blues cues via the Air Comfort Service tax line at 314-399-9646. Go ahead, Marsh. All right, let's start off with the 314. Would Jordan Cairo get less criticism if he was a 6 or $7 million player? Robert Thomas is a clear step above in terms of consistency. Just don't see the level of consistency out of Cairo to justify $8 million, dot, 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 yet. Um, for sure. Yes, like if Jordan Cairo was making three million right now, people are like, oh, that's the best yeah. bargain ever. It's I don't care if he ever, ever plays defense. Mm-hmm. But you know, I guess, and justifiably so, the the price tag means that you a certain level of play from that person. One thing that's interesting, I, I'd have to look for it, but somebody had posted the stats for Robert Thomas parallel to the stats for Jordan Cairo from an offensive standpoint mm-hmm. since they've been in the league. And there's like no difference between them, hmm. like very small. Like, and I think that Cairo actually has more goals. So it's like you're sitting there going, "Well, he's not worth eight million." And I understand Robert Thomas is a better all-around player, but Jordan Cairo, who gets crapped on for you know inconsistent play or this, his numbers are right there, like parallel. Yeah. So it's just interesting. So is he an eight million dollar player? I don't know. Is he six million dollars right now? Maybe, but yeah, I mean, it's we, gonna if you if you're making that that amount and you're not Connor McDavid, people are gonna have some issues with it. Is it with Jordan Cairo? Is the issue because it comes in spurts? Like it, it you get a hat trick. <laughs> the 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 points Jamie. and the goals and the assists. Yeah, that's what I meant. Happen in spurts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that as you were? I didn't say anything. <laughs> children (laughs) is that why he gets so much why he gets you know uh, talked about in in, in the terms in a way that he does because the lows are low Mm -hmm. right and i think that that's the thing is that for for robert thomas the dips aren't as severe and when there are dips he takes big face-offs he kills penalties he Mm -hmm. plays last minute of the game so you kind of overlook it right but with jordan Cairo, when he's not scoring like not much else happening so like the dip is big right but then when the high is there the high is high Mm -hmm. so yeah you're 100 percent right that the the i guess the top performance and the bottom performance there's a bigger gap there for jordan kairu so therefore it's easier to be like well my goodness not doing good enough yeah when it's not going well from the 217 is it humanly possible to stop mick jesus or do you just have to hope that he has an off day yeah, like I'm hoping he eats like undercooked undercooked chicken, and <laughs> nothing, he's nothing got to strap serious, himself just, to the bowl for the day. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know, man. That guy's a nightmare. 
It's a nightmare. He's two, two strides, and he's into scoring position every single time. Two mm-hmm. strides, he's on a breakaway. Like it's in the offensive zone. He takes two hard crossovers, and he's in a scoring spot. Right. And you're like, what now? He's scary, man. He's, I, he does though struggle against Colton Pareko. He does, and he flat out told me face to face that he goes, he's one of the hardest guys in the league to play against. Mm-hmm. Well, he's, hopefully he will see a lot of Colton Pareko tomorrow night, too. Those two, those players are, are remarkable to watch. I mean, when Nathan McKinnon, a couple of years ago against the Blues in the playoffs, when he went coast-to-coast coast and you're watching him and you can almost see see the line of thinking is, I'm just going to go ahead and score now, and then he does, you're watching some, somebody special. Mm-hmm. And McDavid, McDavid's on another planet, too. Nathan McKinnon skates like Isaiah Pacheco runs. Yeah. yeah. He gallops. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So for those guys, the strategy is pretty simple. You try to make sure that you always have somebody that is on the defensive side of the puck, and you try to make sure you always have guys in the middle of the ice. That's it. You give him the wide route, you let him go, and hopefully he skates himself into bad ice, or he skates himself back in the middle to coverage. Mm-hmm. To chase a guy like that around the ice is pointless. You're just gonna—he's gonna expose you at some point. Maybe not the first shift or the second shift, but maybe the third shift, and you're gonna get danced out of your boots. And he's gonna put one in the back of the net, and you're gonna feel like an a-hole yep. out there. <laughs> so you got to stay disciplined, take away the middle of the ice, and just contain them, keep them to the outside, and limit the damage. Imagine getting burned on a one-on-one, and you're like, ah, I'm an a-hole. <laughs> <laughs> I've been—I've been walked on a one-on-one and wanted to dig six feet under the ice. <laughs> You're like on home ice too, uh, and it's like the whole building. Oh, no. then, don't look at him! Don't the, look at him! Then the goalie never saves it. It's like oh, I don't want that. Sorry, Riv. I got blinded the, for a the minute. Look at your teammates when you're going back. It's like hey, if it's a bad know. player, they're yeah. like, oh, what the hell? But if it's like McDavid, like I feel you, bro. I've been there. Been there. Yeah. Have, you, have you ever been walked and then go to the bench? You're like, man, that was a good. That was a good move. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Couple times uh, you walked and you're like, I mean, and I can do by that. You look at your partner and you're like, I had really had nothing I could do there. I don't have that skill set. I I didn't, I did not anticipate him doing that. I did not see that coming. From the 618, is there concern to be had with the Blues player development? I hate seeing players like Vince Dunn and Jake Wallman move on to succeed when it was obvious each one of them had talent. But don't I mean? Don't you have to include Jake Neighbors? Don't you have to include some of these other young players that are that are Robert coming Thomas, up? Jordan, Robert Thomas, Jordan, Kyra. yeah. Hey, you may want to include those guys. You know, I mean, they're I, pretty good. Mm, Colton I, no, no offense. To the, you developed him. Yeah, no offense to the Tyson, but I do think we we tend to only look at the guys that went on and had success. Yeah, and not ever circle back to the guys that. that are actually having success on your own team. We do this with the Cardinals yeah. too. Wrong team. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, we we lose we lose our minds because we see yeah. Randy Rosarina go on or Luke Voigt for just a short period of time. It's like, why couldn't they do that here? Okay, Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, uh, who else? Jordan Walker, Jordan Walker like, Lars get, Newbar. Like these are guys. all young guys. Um, yeah, the I think good. maybe they're thinking about uh, talent story. evaluation okay. more than development mm-hmm. because I think that. You know, those guys. And, and let's not forget here, when Vince Dunn was left unprotected, like you had a deep defensive core at the time. You had six guys that were players. Like He wasn't really breaking your lineup. He was in your bottom two defense pair. His bottom line. And Jake Wallman, no offense to Jake Wallman, mm-hmm. he's a very skilled individual. 
he's not gonna, oh, I don't know, split the atom anytime soon. <laughs> and I watched him play last night, and the same crap he did as a Blues player, he did last night. He got burned for three goals in the third period where you're wondering, mm. what area code is this guy's head in right now? But you see him doing the gritty in overtime, and you're like, ah, this guy, he was, <laughs> why, <laughs> why is he not on our team? Yeah, but we Marcy, need him. that's the problem, is you see him scoring a goal, mm-hmm. in, but you're, you didn't see the 59 other minutes of the game where he made you know, umpteen amount of mistakes. Right. I'm not saying these guys are bad players. They're good players. They're playing fine, but they both they both got put into situations where the team wasn't that great, so they were allowed to kind of mm-hmm. figure it out. Mm-hmm. Vince Dunn went to an expansion team. Figure it out. And now he has. Jake Wallman went to the Red Wings, who were terrible for a couple of years, and he's figured it out. It's kind of like Jets fans watching McCall Hardman catch a, catch the game-winning <laughs> touchdown and be like, oh, see, right, we, we didn't need him. Is. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't think you're really missing him that much. Well, no one was going to throw him the ball anyways. That's why he was wide, why he was wide open. <laughs> <laughs> you and I were thinking the same thing. You and I were thinking the same thing. Don't worry about him. He'll fumble it, I'm sure. So, Oh, damn, he caught it. Uh, last one here from the 573. I got two tickets for tomorrow's game. What are some things to look out for when I get up there? Connor McDavid. McDavid. Leon Dry sidle. <laughs> pretty good players. Uh, I think he meant like things around the arena. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I know this is crazy. I don't even know if I've ever really walked the concourse. Ever? <laughs> it's a nice concourse. Ever? Ever? ever. <laughs> I think because as a player, I you play, never when would. I played, I played. And now you and go now straight I'm down to... between the benches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so you take the elevator is... either all the way up or all no, the way down. I don't even go all the way up anymore. I just, that's hilarious. I walk in the building, walk down these stairs, and then I walk past the locker room, and that's my spot for the day. Right. You should so, do it one day. Walk around the concourse. Just. Just yeah, to get the experience. I'm good. They're probably gonna stop you and talk to you. Yeah, that's no, fine. I love hey. talking to people, Kerry. I know. We're awesome. Yeah, no, I, I can't. I'm not one who could say. <laughs> by the way, don't miss this. Don't miss that. I know they got a Shake Shack in there. Because yeah. our line girl, is uh, usually long. Our girl Kimmy, Kim Eberly, which by the way, let's wish her all the best. She's in the hospital right now. She's got a little something going on. She's getting better though. She'll be battling back. But Kim Eberly uh, takes care of everybody over at Bally Sports Midwest and. Mm-hmm. In the games, sometimes she'll sneak away and come back, and all of a sudden she's got a little box full of Shake Shack. Oh, You're nice. like, oh, give me that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, cookie? <laughs> Jamie, you there? Yeah. <laughs> Mustard all over my shirt. It happened one night. Did it? it happened. And she had to get the soda water, and then uh, Ray Barilli had some stain remover. And like, <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, can you see it if my tie's over here? <laughs> you kind of are a hidden mess when it, when it comes to that stuff, a secret mess. Oh, yeah. You spill stuff on your shirt all the time. I just, I'm savage. Mm, yeah, you are. Might just have to go tarps off on the broadcast. We could. Yeah. We could. There you go. I told J- JK, let's go tarps off. He's like, no, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jamie, I don't think I'll be doing that. He said, well, well, why are you talking to me? No, we're not doing that. Why, no. would, why would you do that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jamie looks like team, Dean Portman in uh, yep. Mighty Ducks 3. That's right. <laughs> there he already does. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Cardinals' rotation, their their age has been a big topic of conversation for fans. John Mozeliak addressed the age of the starting rotation. <laughs> I wouldn't have gone that route, but hey, you do you. <laughs> we'll tell you what he said and talk about whether is or not wrong? the age is a problem. Next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
John Den tweeted out the John Mozela quotes earlier today on the age of his pitching staff. Mo said, unlike our upcoming presidential election, <laughs> I'm not overly concerned about age in this current state. I do feel like what we missed a lot last year was more experience. He continued, when you're trying to take or tie age and experience together, it's usually common. Going down that path, we knew that it was likely where we'd end up with an older staff. Are you are you guys concerned at all? First of all, Mo, I mean, I think he, he brings up a really good point about when you're tie, when you're trying to get experience. Experience a lot of times goes hand in hand with age. Are you guys concerned at all about the starting road the the age of the starting rotation? A little bit. I'm not for this season. Like, I am. What does it matter this season? Well, if you think about last season that we talked about it, three of those guys are in the top five and hits allowed. I mean, people will say, oh, well, that's because they pitched a lot of innings. Cool, that's great. But they still were top five. One of them gave up the most home runs in, in Major League Baseball. That's a bit concerning. And until they show otherwise, you don't get you, – you, unless you're LeBron James, he's probably the only person. Tom Brady, you can name the guys that got better and kept staying good as they got older. Most of us usually get worse, get a step slower, get a little bit weaker, not as strong as you were when you were – 31 in comparison to 32 or 34 in comparison to 35. The older you get, the more your body tends to start to break down. There are only a few that tend to go the other way. And so, yeah, for me, that's a, a bit of a concern. Um, but I, I, I will have to see how how they look, how they perform, and what they're what they're doing. Uh, this is where I'm coming from, though. If the, none of these guys outside of Sonny Gray is is part of the the future for the Cardinals. You're looking at guys like Tink Hens and Gordon Graceffo and Michael McGreevy. I mean, you hope that all of these guys, maybe it's a call Roby, you're hoping that all of these guys will come up. It's not realistic that they'll all come up and make an impact, but that's, a, that, that's at least what you're hoping for. But when it comes to Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson, they're on one-year deals. So if, if they were to break down in a one-year deal, you know, let's say let's say they suffer an injury, it, it, is, it is more incumbent that you have the guys in your minor league system to come up and make an impact because that that's also – they're they're not only a part of your present in that situation, but your future. It would be less concerning if you didn't lose 91 games last year. And and speaking to what you're saying, mm -hmm. because if they break down and have injuries and you have to go the youth route and those guys aren't ready, you're probably going to have another 90 loss season. And so that plays into it as well. I think if you made it to the to the to the playoffs, or if you were even if you were 81 and 81, if you were just 500, okay. But you had one of the worst seasons that I've ever seen. I, I, I'm 42 years old. I've never seen a Cardinal team perform that I can re recall perform that poorly. So if you're what you're saying is, yeah, they're on one-year deals, but this is a critical year in my opinion. Your manager is on a an, on his final year. What are you right. what What are you going to do if Stephen Matz breaks down because he he has in the past and Lance Lynn is older, Kyle Gibson is older. If they don't perform or are not able to perform at a high level, that's concerning. But you signed these guys. Like, you signed Lance Lynn. You signed Kyle name. Gibson. Wouldn't that still be the case? You'd still be coming off a 91-loss season, even if you were going to go with a, a – a, a, imagine the Cardinals going with a young rotation. They say, hey, we're going to go with all the internal options. We'd still be saying – you're coming off a 91-loss season. I, I think there would be there would be more pressure, quite frankly. I think the problem that people have with this <clears throat> is that they signed both Lance Lynn and Kyle. Gibson. Sure. I think had you signed one or the other, mm -hmm. and then you had your current rotation, or you signed another mid 
rotation guy that's a little bit younger, I don't think you'd hear as much noise about it. I think the fact that you signed two elder statesmen mm-hmm. is the issue. And to like to to the point of the injury thing, it's real. Like it can happen. To older players are definitely more susceptible, especially in a pitching delivery, like the shoulder, the elbow, like the strain is everything is there. So I, I think it's a legit concern that you signed two guys that are, you know, so experienced. Sure. We'll call it. But old. they're still but they're still on one year deals. So I don't care so about the age. It does, so it does, but I'm with you. Okay? If they break down, it's like, okay, well at least you're on them they're on one year deals. It doesn't hurt you next year. You're right. right. It's not like you signed these guys to multi year deals and then oh my gosh, they got hurt and now we're screwed. Mm-hmm. But it screws you up for this year. That's my. If you don't have the depth. If you don't have the depth, if your guys aren't ready and you signed two older guys and one of them or both of them breaks down, now you're screwed. You're back in that situation where you were a year ago where you put all your eggs in one basket and thought it was going to work. It didn't and it just imploded on you. Right. And and I'm with you on that. I I would not have signed both guys either. I, I, I agree. Hopefully but they make what, us eat our words. Yeah, that'd be nice. It would. It'd be it'd be great. The Cardinals, though, if you so this all comes back to, in my opinion, what the Cardinals were looking for because they clearly were not looking to completely revamp their rotation. If they did, they would have they would have been more aggressive when it came to maybe acquiring Jamison Tyone or Dylan Cease or signing signing somebody that was younger a jordan montgomery for example right like really being aggressive with it so but you're right so that was never going to happen the cardinals wrote but that wasn't their goal their goal was to sign three guys have them eat you know really focus on eating innings and not be tied up long term because they do have a stable of young guys that they hope at some point will be the bedrock of the rotation they're definitely looking to hand the baton off sure You've got Graceffo, McGreevy, and Hens. That's three guys who they're predicting to be in their rotation in the near future. Mm-hmm. So if this one-year deal of experienced guys gets you over the hump, gets you to the next year, and then if they pitch well enough to make you second-guess it again, or one of them, let's say Lance Lynn has you know, a turnaround season to where the home runs aren't being given up, he's getting the innings, he's getting the strikeouts, not that he's an all-star, but he's he's maybe a four or five in your rotation. What the hell? Let's run it back for another year, Lance. And then, by the way, McGreevy's joining the rotation too next year. So then Steven Matz or Kyle Gibson, maybe th- those are one of the guys you move on from. Or maybe it's flipped where it's Gibby that has a great year in your... So the best case scenario is that those two guys stay healthy and one of them in particular rises to the top so that now you can add a young guy next year, hang on to some veteran presence, and Mm -hmm. that's the best way to make the transition. If you're the Cardinals and you want to remain competitive, that's the best way to do it. Otherwise, you just clear house of all the older guys and you just say, all right, young boys. Your yep. turn. Go. Yeah, that, and we just deal with it. Th- exactly. I think that's coming. I think that. I think the fact that they lost ninety-one games last year, pre premeditated. They had pre premeditated plans here. They lost ninety-one games last year. So what were they going to do? They were going to go the cautious route. We're going to bring in three veteran pitchers. If they finished third last year or second last year and just missed out on the wild card. I think we would have seen them, and this is just my opinion, but I think we would have seen them probably go the youth route. Say goodbye to Adam Wainwright, 
maybe attempt to, to re-sign Jordan Montgomery, but likely let go of Jack Flaherty, move on from him if, if he didn't show anything, and then go to the youth route because it's like, hey, our team is just there. We got a little bit of a youth movement. We're going to roll the dice with these young guys. But instead, no, you right. had one of the worst seasons in Cardinals <laughs> you history. You got your face punched you in. You got your face punched in. <laughs> so if you turn around to your fan base and say, hey, last year stunk. We're going to roll the dice on these young guys. It wouldn't have worked. So no. they went the other route and said, we're no, going to be very super right. cautious. You wouldn't have got your $3 million through the gate. No. And I think that's one thing that John Mosellock was very aware of, and I think that's why he chose his words very strategically when last year was turning into an ish show. Yeah. He started talking about, well, we're going to address the pitching at the mm-hmm. deadline. Pitching, pitching, pitching. Like right. He overdid it to the point where, like, don't worry, guys, we got you. Like, hey, fan base, we're good. Yeah. Keep coming through those gates. Right. Keep buying those $14 beers. Please. <laughs> Please. Yeah. So we can go get another mm-hmm. 47-year-old starter. <laughs> 47? Yeah. It's experience. 37. They didn't sign uh What's his face? Rich Hill. Rich Hill. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> you hope they'll acquire him at the deadline. He's not available. They'll acquire uh, him at the deadline. Somebody else signed him. Yeah. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. We have Prove Me Wrong next. So uh, we'll we'll enter the honorable courtroom of Andrew Marsh. If you have a Prove Me Wrong statement, send it in the Air Comfort Service tax line to 314-399-9646. Prove Me Wrong next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Prove me wrong, kids. Prove me wrong. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Time for Prove Me Wrong. It's where you make a statement. Carrie, Jamie, and I have to prove you wrong. Marsh is the judge. All right, Honorable Judge Andrew Marsh, what do you got for us? All right, let's start off with a tough one here from the 636. Prove me wrong. The Bennington-Hofer duo has a future as Jennings Trophy recipients. You know, when it comes to these two guys, <laughs> I think Holford's got a long way to go. You see some flashes of Joel Holford playing well, and then there's other games where it's like, does he even know what the, he's doing? You know what I mean? He's a big guy, so the athleticism isn't always there. What I like to see in my goalie is somebody that is quiet in the crease. He's not always quiet in the crease. A lot of times he's, go, he's, he's out too far. He's given up too much space. I think we're I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves when it comes to those two being being award winners. Three thirty six. <laughs> Anthony hates <laughs> Joel Hofer. That was a brutal one, though, Marcy. You know that was. I didn't like that at all. I'd like a hey, re- don't blame me. I'd like a retrial with a better question oh. because those two are capable of it. That's the total sewer. That's why I couldn't answer. I'm like Anthony, you got this one. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to do it with a straight face. You did the I best. Did you a great did, job. Hey, you know what? You guys want an easy one? Here's an easy <clears> one from the six one eight. Prove me wrong. The Cardinals have a better chance at the World Series than the Fast Lane has at having a show where everyone is present. <laughs> 
Are you kidding me right now? The the Cardinals have a better a better chance of winning a World Series. And first of all, we're all present right now. Indeed. And I guarantee you the Cardinals are going to win a World Series. Have you seen the starting rotation? Hey, you love that offense, huh? That offense finished fourth and run scored in the NL Central. Notice how I didn't say in all of baseball or even the National League. I said the NL Central. <laughs> you got teams that aren't even trying. The Pittsburgh Pirates aren't, aren't technically a major league team. The only reason why everybody says, oh, you know, the Pirates aren't that bad is because the, the Oakland A's exist. You got Cincinnati, not trying. You got mm. Milwaukee trading off their best players again. They didn't even, they didn't even say the, the manager can stick around or the, the, the president of baseball operation and get rid of both those guys. Come on. Really? Well the Cardinals. Yeah. The Cardinals are going to win. They're not even trying. They're half trying. It's an average team, average effort. At least effort. we try to have a full show. Yeah. yeah. All the time. We're here today. You here tomorrow? Yeah. yeah. That's two in a row. And I'll be here the next day, too. It's called a winning streak. There you nice. go. Yes. I don't think the and Cardinals have too many. I was here yesterday-ish. I was on the show. I don't think the Cardinals have too many winning streaks in their future. I rest my case. <laughs> well said, Anthony. Well said. Uh, from the 661, prove me wrong. The Battle Hawks will struggle with attendance and viewership this season with its timing during baseball, MLS, and hopefully playoff hockey. Listen. This person clearly has not watched the Battlehawks last year or, or, the, or the first version of the Battlehawks. It didn't matter. The only thing stopping that did stop the Battlehawks in their attendance was an entire pandemic. Right. That's the only thing that could keep those fans from showing up at that dome. And what are you saying? Showing up and showing up. They love the Battlehawks. You know why? Because they are starving. Starving for good football. And what did the Battlehawks give them last year? Anthony Beck, great head coach, my former teammate, great man. Great showed, name. Did a, Anthony, great name, did a great job. And guess what? Not only do they get the Battlehawks back, guess who else is back? A.J. McCarron. The magic, the magic Will, man himself. The magic yeah. man said, you know what, Cincinnati Bengals, NFL, <laughs> the hell we want with you? Bring me back to St. Louis, baby. I want to be here. I want to be there for those fans. And guess who's going to show up? All of the fans. Oh. Marshy's going to be there. Top bowling it. Oh, yeah. He will, he will be oh, there. Yeah. Very top. As will you. Mm. I even have a custom shirt there that I go. made. That's you. Yeah. That would be custom, <laughs> that's the right? person that yeah. <laughs> That's what custom Well, I mean, is. it's possible. I could get a custom shirt that was oh, made by okay. somebody, somebody else. else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, that's true. true. Yeah, that's true. true. Well, yeah. I made it myself. Yeah. I painted it. It says Battlehawk fan on it. Nice. Yeah. Look at you. So good. Uh-huh. And I'll be up there in the 400 section. Yeah, Don't you worry. Be. Yeah, uh, baby. Good job, Carrie. From the 314. <laughs> Prove me wrong. <laughs> John Mozeliak has done an exceptional job as general manager based off what he's done with the resources and budget given by ownership, and the fan base is going to miss him when he's gone because they're going to realize nothing will change with the new GM because it's still the same ownership. They're going to miss him? They're not going to miss anything. They're not going to miss him, his bow tie, his mo fashions, nothing. Whoa. You think he's been a good general manager, good president? Did you see the record last year? He's lucky it wasn't that way the year before. The lack of preparation for the rotation for two years in a row and then switching gears. And I mean, like, like we didn't even have a pitching lab. Someone mentioned a pitching lab, and John Mosellock said, Tell me more about this pitching lab. <laughs> Literally, I quote, Tell me more, Sonny Gray. I need to listen. That does not scream to me like somebody who is equipped to be doing the job. And then his answer to all of it was, let's just bring back people I know because at least I know them. <laughs> no, 
<laughs> no chance of that happening. No one will miss the podium. Um, not great. Nice job, Jamie. Well, well done. <laughs> Ruthless fruit. Ruthless but fair. <laughs> All right, from the nine eight zero, prove me wrong. Michael Vick is the best overall talent, uh, talent wise quarterback to ever play in the NFL. And if the legal situation would not have happened, he would have been an NFL Hall of Famer. Guys. <laughs> okay. First Most, of all, you want it? It's tough for you, too. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be tough for me. It is. It won't be tough for me. Yeah, you run around and you play schoolyard football. Great. Good for you. And then you throw 100 miles an hour at a guy's three feet from you. How the hell is he going to catch that ball? You're breaking fingers more than records out there when you're Michael Vick. Never mind the legal stuff. We'll stay away from that because well, that was enough for a lifetime. But just alone, who knows how he could read a defense and all that stuff. If he was that good, he had a team. He had a team that could have won a championship. Did they win? No. No, they didn't. <laughs> Why not? He couldn't get the job done. Bottom line. He hated playing in the cold, too. He didn't like the cold. It's cold in here. No. It was cold there. Hall of Fame, nothing. He didn't have he didn't have the entire package to go wrong to be a, to win, first of all, or to be a Hall of Famer. Enough of Michael Fick in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you were uh, on a roll there, but uh, sorry. Where did I lose it? Where did he lose it? Where did I lose it? Michael Vick, not a Hall of Famer, if all these things don't happen? Are you serious? Neither you even believe that. It wasn't my case. Well, neither yeah, of you wanted you didn't want to take it. <laughs> of course. Carrie didn't either. Well, the law firm of Davis, Rivers, and Stalter, we, you know. But our best person yeah. the, the case for that one. When we won the s- NFC once. Didn't even win the NFC championship. He did not. No. 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 You give him a Hall of Fame. Well, you're just giving away ribbons over there. That's it. Today's <sighs> new world. Yep. That's true, Jamie. Well said. Mm. Oh, well. well said. Last one here. Good effort. I tried, man. <laughs> From the two, <laughs> 217, prove me wrong. Two Cardinal pitchers will go 150 innings this season. Carrie, this is this is you. They will go. Yeah. They, they will not go. I mean, <laughs> how old are these guys? <laughs> what are we talking about? I mean, Preach. are you? Do you mean combined Preach, yeah. 150 innings? Yeah. But if you're talking about individually, <laughs> hell no. How is that going to happen? You'd have to get past four innings. You you would have to do that, and then I mean, are we talking about relievers? Maybe, but not a starter. I don't I don't see how that happens. The injuries that could potentially happen. I told you all earlier. The older you get, the more body, the more, the more your body tends to break down. It's a little bit harder to stay, you know, in the game when you get older and past your prime. And I think last year we got a pretty good glimpse of that from some of these guys in terms of their statist- statistical categories that they were leading in that should not be leading in. So, therefore, I'm going to have to say not happening. Well done, Davis. I like it. Hmm. <laughs> if I had those glasses on my face right now, I'd give you an X. But, oh, I can't do it. Oh, nice. Nicely done, buddy. Way to go. Way to end on a win. I was going to say, wait, wait, let's end there. Yep. (laughs) That'll do it. Judge, we'll see you next week. There was something that we were talking about in the office today that made Jamie go, see, I told you. We'll tell you what it is next on 101 ESPN. A lot of things. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
It's a, it's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, Andrew Marshall, Anthony Salter. We, we've gotten a lot of text messages about what has happened in K- Kansas City. Hey, aren't you guys going to talk about this? First and foremost, prayers to everybody in, in, in K- KC right now. There were shots fired as the Chiefs were doing their Super Bowl victory parade. So shots were fired. Reportedly, right now, and all we—we're not. First of all, we're not reporters. Second of all, we're not there. Okay, so we're going off of the information that's available on Twitter and on the NFL Network, which we have on right now. The NFL Network is reporting eight to ten people injured after the shooting. We've seen other reports that nine have been injured, one have one has been killed. We have no idea how many shooters there were. Who who are doing the shooting? Why we're doing the shooting? I understand that you that that you guys want more information. All we can do is provide you the information that we're also seeing on Twitter. I, I don't know how to be well. We got to be careful too. That. Exactly, we, because we don't a lot wanna... of things just get said. Yes, there's there's video of you know people tackling one suspected shooter in in one of the clips here. Uh, if that's the case, and they tackled somebody that that actually was one of the shooters or or the shooter. That is an incredible act of bravery and good, you know, good for them for recognizing that this could have been one of the shooters and and bringing him down. Other than that, I don't know what else to say outside of, again, our thoughts and our prayers are with the people that were at the parade that, you know, certainly at at the very least scared out of their minds and more so anybody that had a family member injured or a friend injured or or killed well, you go there to enjoy the day you're the, you're supposed to be there to celebrate the team that you love in, in a great moment it's just a shame that there will be people of any age that now the memory will be this yeah right i, I just you know i can't imagine that moment you're there as you said to celebrate a, a great victory um something that you know unifies the city yeah everyone is supposed to be it's a joyous occasion everyone's supposed to be there having fun having a good time and then you know maybe one or two people or a few people make a dumb decision and and do something like this and it ruins it and and as you said this becomes the lasting memory for this day which was supposed to be celebrating your team that just won another super bowl now your memory of this day uh february 14 2024 is oh i was at that parade when gunshots went off and it's you know, it's not a. Um, it's not. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that we have so many instances like that in this country. But, you know, for that moment, for that time, I think that's 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 a tough thing to deal with, and it's going to be a lasting memory for those that were present. It just sucks for everybody. You know, whether you're a fan that was there or whether you're part of the team that is celebrating now. Now, how, you know, how about anybody who's watching that going? No, now we, we're supposed to continue to celebrate. Right. Yeah. No, you like, can't. It, right. It's a tough go, man. Like mm-hmm. it's awful. So yeah. just sucks, man. And, and we'll try to update everybody as much as we can. But again, we're going to tread very carefully to make sure that we're giving <laughs> factual information so that you can hear that instead of just whatever people are, you know, thinking happens. Yeah. This is, this is a situation where Jay may completely agree with you. We, we can't, we can't just be, spe- it, it, it makes no sense for us to speculate four and a half hours away not having nobody there it's it's a terrible situation and i and i hope that you know not more people were injured mm-hmm. and or you know uh fatal suffered any fatal injuries after this but best we can do is provide you what others are reporting but as of right now uh and i'm seeing the number right now 
Andrew Siciliano on NFL Network says 10, 10 to 15 people were injured, one deceased after the shooting around Union Station after the Chiefs' victory parade. So that's the latest right now. 10 to 15 people injured, one deceased after shooting around uh, Union Station. Again, no idea how many gunmen there were, whether it's one or multiple. I don't know if – I'm, I'm assuming that they would be in custody, but, uh, we again, we don't know. I would hope that the injuries are not – you know, from gunshots, I, you know, sometimes people get trampled and stepped on and, and knocked over and things like that happen. So I, best case scenario, that's part of some of those injuries. Obviously, one person is passed on, which you never, never want to have. It's just it's it's hard to even think about something like how many kids were there? How many kids may have not gone to school today to, to be part to partake in that and, and be around it and, you know, families and just the the moment was supposed to be. As I said, a joyous occasion, and now it's it's not. Mm-hmm. So again, the latest, the latest, and the mayor of San, of Kansas City is speaking now live on the NFL Network. We can't hear the audio, but ten to fifteen people were injured at the Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade. One deceased after after the shooting occurred at Union Station. Um, we'll continue to provide updates as they uh, as they come in, but hopefully, the this is the the end of it, but. You know, now you got a whole investigation going on and things like that. So, again, we'll keep you updated. All right, we'll take a quick break. Then we'll come back with the gauntlet. Do we need a gauntlet contestant, Marsh? I guess we do. I we? just got one. All right, so we're all mm-hmm. set for the gauntlet. Full, whoever it is, has an opportunity to take on the, the full field here. So we'll play the gauntlet next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four warriors, four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? The gauntlet is powered by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN, where it's 4 o'clock. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Kerry Davis and Andrew Marsh and Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. And we welcome in Armin, who is our latest contestant here in the gauntlet. What's up, Armin? Hey, guys. How are you doing? Thanks for having me on. Real quick, uh, before we get into the gauntlet, I just want to share my condolences and sympathies and prayers to everybody affected uh, at the Super Bowl parade today. Yeah, well said, Armin. Well said. We're, we're certainly trying to keep tabs on what's going out in can on, on in kansas city but uh well said we're certainly thinking about everybody that's been impacted there as well uh armin you're you have the full field here would you like to take on marsh carrie jamie or me today you know i have a, a really good feeling that i'm gonna win today with my little two-year-old in the back as my good luck charm i want revenge and i want marsh oh hmm. wow all right oh, so man. marsh marsh got you the first time armin Marsh got me actually the first two times. This is my third time on. So, oh wow! Okay, so well, you do know that Marshy like he likes to rip the soul out of nice people. Uh, yes. And now that nice. you mentioned that your two-year-old's in the yeah. car, yeah. Like, this I, is I worry sad. that Marshy's going to put up an eight spot. <laughs> oh man! All well, right. you know what? Some things change, and that change happens right now. There we go. All right, right. Hey. confidence. All right, well. Nice. Before Marsh makes his way to the cone of silence, Armin, tell him to spin the wheel. Marsh, you do me a favor and spin that wheel. <laughs> Armin, what categories did you get the first two times that when Marsh beat you? This is going to sound really ridiculous, but I lost to Marsh, and both categories were random. So I'm hoping for something less random. Okay. The, well, way, they're, the, the way they're laughing. Armin, 
I would assume it's random, but I, I can't see be, the wheel. It's pretty random. It looks pretty random to me. Wow. Yeah, pretty random. Well, but you got random again. You got random again. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, you know what? You, you said change is coming. You want to beat him in random. So you're going to have your opportunity right now. As you know, Armin, <laughs> you're going to get four questions, all random. Marsh is going to get the same four questions today. Each question is worth two points, unless you ask for the options, or Marsh asks for the options. And then those questions are only worth one point. Are you ready, Armin? Let's do it to it. What type of farm did Taylor Swift grow up on? What, what type of farm did Taylor Swift grow up on? Give me the option. Yeah, good call. A pig farm, a Christmas tree farm, or a dairy farm? Something tells me Christmas farm, final answer. All right. Question number two. The Dallas Cowboys defeated the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 27 at the Rose Bowl in 1993. Who performed during the halftime show? Uh, yeah, I'm going to need those options again. All right. Was it Michael Jackson, Garth Brooks, or Diana Ross? Man, you said 1993, so... I would have been three years old. The only thing that I can think of is Michael Jackson, final answer. All right, question number three. Usher is a minority owner for which NBA team? Usher is the minority owner of what NBA team? I know Marsh is going to know the answer to this. So I'm going to take a stab and say, ah, you know what? For safe measures, let's let's do options. Is it the Atlanta Hawks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or the Houston Rockets? None of those were in my gut. So <laughs> let's do Atlanta Hawks final answer. All right, Army, question number four. Who sang the longest national anthem at the Super Bowl? In ever. In ever, Bob. Since it's been recorded. Who sang the longest national anthem at the Super Bowl? I think I know the answer to this. I'm going to say Chris Stapleton, final answer. All right. Well, Stapesy. Okay, let's welcome back Marsh from the Kona Silence. He's Armin? Sit, he's sitting in Mike Ryder's chair today. Yeah, he is. Armin, how you feeling? Well, let's uh, let's hope my two-year-old brings me good luck here. If not, then uh, we're an over. <laughs> Marsh would have defeated yet another stand-up human being. All right, Marsh, welcome back. Hello. 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 Are you ready for random trivia? Yes. Apparently, Armin lost to you both times in random trivia. So the wheel gave him another opportunity. All right, maybe today is his day. All right, uh, Gary. Yeah. You tell Marsh. Marsh pack a lunch. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Question number one: What type of farm did Taylor Swift grow up on? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, options: a pig farm, a Christmas tree farm, or a dairy farm. I had dairy farm in, in my uh, in my brain, so I'll just go with dairy farm. Final answer. All right. 
Anthony, can you handle the next question? I certainly can. As we're researching one of the answers. Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number two. The Dallas Cowboys defeated the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl twenty-seven at the Rose Bowl in 1993. Who performed it during the halftime show? 1993? Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Jackson. Final answer. <laughs> All right. You want to do this one or you want me to? You, you go. Okay. I'll do the last one. All right. There we go. Usher, or Usher, baby, is a minority owner. Usher is a minority owner for which NBA team? Mm. Options. Is it the Atlanta Hawks, the Cleveland Cavaliers, or the Houston Rockets? I'll go with Atlanta. Final answer. All right, Marshy, final question for you. Who has, or who sang the longest national anthem in Super Bowl history? As it's been recorded for amount of time, who has sang the longest national anthem? Let's go with the options. Was it Neil Diamond, Whitney Houston, or Alicia Keys? Hmm. Alicia Keys. It's not my my answer, but, you know, just thinking about her. Um, oh, thinking about the halftime show, Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> what about her? Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I'm definitely thinking about her still. She's flat out pretty. That's a bottom line. Uh, who is the second person? I mince my words. She's Whitney Houston. flat out pretty. <laughs> Let's go with uh, Whitney Houston. Final answer. All right. Here we go. I oh. missed the answer on the first one from Marshall. Oh. Uh, I can't see without my glasses. Okay. <laughs> Jamie, I'll handle it. There we go. I took him off. Let's start off with that last question. Who sang the longest national anthem at the Super Bowl? Armin, you took a shot in the dark. You said Chris Stapleton. He was not one of the options, as we know from Marsh. It's a great, great national anthem. Last Certainly. Super Bowl. Go well, figure. That's my luck. Stapesy did draw that thing out, though. I'm not going to lie. Well, he wasn't, uh, wasn't the longest national anthem, though. Marsh, you went with Whitney Houston. Correct answer is... Our girl, Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys, two minutes and 36 longer, Could have stayed up there all day. Mm -hmm. They need to watch the game. What are we so, doing? So it was zero, zero tie. <laughs> Usher is a minority owner for which NBA team? You both took the options. You both wound up with the Atlanta Hawks. Ooh. Correct answer is Cleveland. Cavaliers. Cleveland Cavaliers. Wow. Play at me, Carrie. My bad. That's all right. I'm I'm like an animal. He plays at me, I speak. My bad. <laughs> zero, zero. But Atlanta Hawks is what I would have said, too. For uh, obvious yeah. reasons. Sure. Anthony. Clearly. What type of farm did Taylor Swift grow up on? Armin, you said a Christmas farm. Marsh, you said a dairy farm. Correct answer is... Christmas tree farm. A Christmas tree farm. <sighs> so Armin's got a one nothing lead over Marsh comes down to this the dallas cowboys defeated the buffalo bills in super bowl 27 at the rose bowl in 1993 who performed during the halftime show marsh you went with michael jackson armin well you also went with michael jackson correct answer is michael jackson that's correct but Marsh didn't need the oh! options, and we got a 2-2 two -two tie. We're going to walk. Walk it off. We're going to walk it off, baby. Wow. Here we go. <laughs> We're going to walk it off. <laughs> Armin, you're going to hold off on your answer, but when we go to you, you're going to have to say it. All right? 
you got it. Marsh is going to write down his answer. He's going to show it to us. Closest to the pin wins. Marsh, you got a pen and paper? You're I got, right. I got, I got, my, board. got my whiteboard. <laughs> that works. All right, here we go. Your tiebreaker question. Again, Armin, you're going to hold off on your response. How many Grammys has Taylor Swift won? How many Grammys has Taylor Swift won? We're looking for a number closest to the pin wins. Marsh is taking a sweet-ass time right ever? now. He's really trusting Armin, who's got the two-year-old in the back. Two-year-old's Googling right now. Yeah, he is. <laughs> or she is. All right. All right, Marsh, All right. we have Marsh's. his answer. Armin, what's your answer? Her favorite number. I'm going to go 13. Ooh. Okay. What's your daughter's name? Uh, Aline. She's listening in on this uh, phone call. She's my uh, she's my best little buddy, best little friend. Is she a Swifty already? Uh, she is not, but my 11 year old is. Okay. okay. Mm, right. I don't feel good. <laughs> <laughs> How many Grammys has Taylor Swift won? We just heard Armin go with 13. Which meant a lot to him. That number meant something to him. Mm -hmm. well, it's her favorite number. Yeah, it's her. It's, it's Taylor, Taylor Swift's favorite, favorite number. Oh, I thought it was the daughter's favorite no, number. It, it might no. be. We're not sure, but She's it's definitely a, Taylor Swift. Album 13, yeah. right? Yeah. I, don't know. I mean, you're you're not a Swifty, Anthony. No, no I'm not. Get it. We'll get you some bracelets soon. Thank you. I so appreciate enough. that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I need some. On the way. Anyways, so Armin went with Taylor Swift's favorite number. Mm-hmm. Which is 13, mm -hmm. not 87, apparently. She's a big Brock Purdy fan. <laughs> yes, she is. Marsh, you wrote down. <laughs> I wrote down 19. 19, <sighs> which is not Taylor Swift's favorite number. No, I don't think eh, not so. Not yet. <laughs> Carrie Davis, how many Grammys has Taylor Swift won? Well, Marsh, Armin, the correct number is 14. Armin. You have chosen wisely. Armin, you went after Marsh for a third time. He beat you twice in random. You said today is a new day. You said not today. Not today. Not tonight. Like and you were right. Armin, congratulations. You knock off Marsh Day in the tiebreaker round. You'll be back tomorrow to take on CD, Jamie, or me. Nice job. Hey, nice fight, Marsh. Uh, thanks for letting me win this one. I didn't. You you won that fair and square. You won that fair and hey, square. Congrats. I love you guys. Hope you have a great day. Stay safe, and uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. You too. All right. Thank Thanks, you, man. Armin. Appreciate you. Uh, that's Armin here in the Fast Line on 101 ESPN. I'm glad he beat your ass, Marshy. Hold on now. You know what? I would have gotten all zeros if... Uh, for some reason, I just saw Michael Jackson pop up on my Twitter the other day. Uh, 1993 halftime show. Otherwise, I wouldn't have known that. <laughs> well, there you we go. We had a discrepancy. That's yeah, why you guys, I, yeah, I read it, it wrong. You guys are scrambling. I, wrong. I was doing ha uh, National Anthem. Oh. And, it Carrie, was and you had Wikipedia pulled yeah. up, too. And I was like, well, I can't that, trust that, Wikipedia. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. one of our sources. did do the National Anthem that game. I read that. I got confused with that. That's okay, buddy. That's why we double-check things around here. Take it very seriously. Thank you, sir. You verify. Trust but verify. That's right. There you go. All right. The Cardinals didn't just add innings eaters. We'll tell you what else they added next. I don't want to ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Well, we know the Cardinals front office set out to add innings eaters to their rotation. That's why they signed guys like Sonny Gray and Lance Lynn and Kyle Gibson. Uh, but the first couple of days of spring training, as pitchers and catchers reported, it's clear that they also signed something else. They signed intensity. Sonny Gray was already in rare form the other day. He's a psycho. Talking to Wilson Contreras about how nasty his pitches are. Well, he was <laughs> sitting there. nasty. Yeah, he was sitting there yelling at Contreras, first of all, like, as he's pitching, like, where to move. Let's get aggressive. Get inside on this guy. Like, telling his catcher, this is where I want There's you to nobody be. nobody standing there. No, but it, that's the beauty of it. <laughs> I know, it's awesome. I'm sure Contreras is sitting there going, this guy's crazy, but I but think I, like I love it. him. <laughs> and then throwing it in Contreras going, that was great. No, that was effing nasty. Mm-hmm. Let's get nasty, yeah. Contreras said. We should uh, we should talk to Sonny Gray. Yeah. Get nasty in the fast lane. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I want my pitcher to be an absolute psychopath like that. And the Cardinals need it. Yeah, they do. They're so vanilla. <laughs> Right? Yes. Like, oh my, like, not even sprinkles. No. Not even a strawberry on no there. No chocolate sauce. Nothing. Nothing. No. Just so, like, not even Miles a cherry. Michaelis, like, he's a good dude and he's a nice guy, but, it, it, you know, there's not much there when it comes to, like, the. Well, he's got the sage and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Bo- and the boat. <clears throat> he's a fancy dresser, too. I like when he wears yeah. the hats and all that stuff. Okay, it's a funny I hat. get him that. But I want my pitcher to be borderline to be like, you're not quite sure if. He's going to pitch a strike or, or stab you in the neck or hit you right between <laughs> the numbers. Yeah. I know a guy that does that. Yeah. His name's Anthony. Yep. Doesn't, I mean, doesn't no. stab. <laughs> he places. You broke a beer bottle and placed it on the neck. I, yeah. Well, yeah. The beer bottle <laughs> needed to. I don't know. I just. It was a defective beer bottle. I shouldn't have said it. Thank you. Yeah. It was, it was a prop. Yeah. It was yep. a prop. Absolutely. Yep, making a commercial. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Lance, Lance Lynn <laughs> is somebody that's also got a lot of sandpaper to him. I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and overblow the the two. You know, the, the the fact that these they added some sandpaper to it, like and and blow it up to epic proportions. I do think is important though. I thought that Clubhouse, when you listen to a lot of the 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 not even reports, just the comments mm-hmm. from the actual players, when things started to go sideways, is everybody's kind of like, yeah, I don't know. Everybody's trying their best here. No. You need you need somebody in there that's going to shake things up, that's going to hold people accountable. That's leadership. Yeah. So I do like that they added three veteran players that are going to hold hold players accountable. And then of course they signed the salsa king to make sure that uh, he also slaps some people around if if need be. I, well, I, I think, is he that kind of person? I don't know. I don't, I don't think, think so. so. No. I think he's serve a nice up, guy. Serve up some salsa if need I be. I think he's a lead by example. Like this is how we do it. Hey kid, I'm come work, here. Yeah. Like I picture hard. him as that kind of a leader. Like hey kid, come here. It's not how we do it you, here. You, you know? bring the Tostitos, I'll bring the salsa. Maybe he's a psychopath and we don't know it. <laughs> the only thing Matt Carpenter's oh. slapping around is the baseball around the field. He's spraying the ball everywhere. Anthony, we're going down the left field line. We're hitting it into the gaps. It's going to be a great year for Marp and the salsa. Hmm. I like it. Good call. Yeah, good call, Marsh, <laughs> as he dons his glasses. Hey, it should be. I mean, uh, here's my thing. I, I hope, the, you know, Craziness, madness, sandpaper aside, I hope they are all on the same page. I hope they are all working toward a common goal. And I hope that they all have, you know, put in the time, put in the effort, put in the work to make sure that they are prepared night in and night out, knowing how they want to attack batters, who they want to attack, where they want to attack them, and make sure that they are all in the same place. And then take accountability for your 
the good part that you do and the bad part. If you don't make a pitch, it can't be the catcher's fault. If he's aligned and set up in a certain spot and you miss that spot, yeah. that that pitch came out of your hand. So for me, sandpaper is great, but but start with yourself. And I hope that this group has more of of that mindset that they will work that way and, and work together. So earlier I had, uh, I had teased that Jamie came into the office and said, see, I knew it. And then we talked about something else. So why don't we, why don't we clarify what Jamie Jamie said he That'd knew? That'd be nice. Yeah. 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 Would be. Yadier Molina apparently will not be at in, in Jupiter for several weeks. Oh, that's shocker. He had just managed the uh, his Puerto Rican team. And then, Jamie, you were talking about how apparently he picked up another team to manage as well. Uh-huh. So he's got some things going on. Uh-huh. He won't be in Jupiter for for a couple of weeks, according to uh, reports like by John Denton of MLB.com. Jamie, this is something that you have discussed. We've discussed it. We didn't know what level of involvement Yachty actually wanted to have with the Cardinals. And people kept saying, oh, Ollie's afraid or Moe's afraid to add y- Yachty. No, that, that wasn't the case at all. The Cardinals were trying to figure out how much, he, how much time he was willing to give them. He has other... Ventures outside of baseball, he's got he's got other things that you know he he wants to do outside of consulting for the Cardinals, and this is a this is a perfect example of the Cardinals taking it kind of slow with Yachty, yeah, and his involvement this I, year. I think it's a bad look, personally, I do because you, the whole narrative surrounding Yachty coming back to the team, the first thing that everybody wanted to have him be a part of was pitchers and catchers. Mm-hmm. For obvious reasons, that's where your biggest problems were last year mm-hmm. was your pitchers and your catcher who delivered for you, but you know not to the expectations you had for him defensively or working with the staff and all that. So why would Yachty not be here at the most important time for pitchers and catchers? I just don't like the look of it. To me, this is just my opinion. I don't know anything to be true. To me, Yachty just wants to be the manager. Like he doesn't want to take those baby steps along the way. He doesn't want to eat the gravel on the way to the filet mignon type thing. And what I mean by that is working those lower jobs yeah. where you're at the field just as many hours as the head coach, just as many hours as the manager, and you're putting your time in, getting paid a fraction with none of the spotlight and all that stuff. I think Yachty's just like, no, nah, I don't really want that. I just yeah. want to step in when the Cardinals tell me to take over as a manager. What I'm going to do in the meantime, I'm just going to go manage everywhere else to prove that I can manage. Mm -hmm. The problem that Yachty has with that is he even knows this, is that the expectations and the demand for time is not the same in those other leagues as their shorter seasons or shorter periods of time. And who knows, Yachty might make up his own rules Mm -hmm. in some of these teams and some of these leagues. I just don't like the look of it. And the media isn't as... In your face, well, constantly. You're, you're right, but but I just don't like to look at it. You're consultant, consultant for what at this point? Well, the, Cari- right the Caribbean now. League, like maybe he's scouting. I, I I can't sit here and say maybe he's not. Maybe he is. Maybe he's going to be the new conduit to international signings from some of those areas. Great if he is. Mm-hmm. But again, I'm going to go back to my original comment. The most important part of what you were trying to fix this season is your rotation or your pitching staff overall yep. and the catcher position. And the best guy in franchise history, probably. The greatest Cardinals catcher, one of the best catchers in all of baseball ever. 
to work with the pitching staff, to do this, to figure things out, to have this, is not there. And he won't be there for several more weeks. Well, that was one of my, first of all, I don't know that there are certain players that might not have to eat the gravel before they get to the filet mignon, right? There are some players that, you know, the stake is set right there. You've earned that. It's a little different becoming a manager. You know that. But I think there are exceptions to every rule, and I think Yachty may be the exception to that rule, in my opinion. One of the concerns that I had when they did sign him to be whatever his role would be, how often and how much will he want to be here? Because we talked about it. You and I have talked about it. Coaching and playing are two totally different animals. Whether you, when you're playing, you got to show up at the stadium at a certain time, at the ballpark at a certain time. Those damn coaches are there six, seven hours before you get there, about three, four, five hours after you leave. That's just on a game day. And so in football, it's it's every day. Yeah. And so it's just, I understand the amount of time and energy and effort that is required to be a coach. And not everyone is built for that. And so that was my concern and my question. From the beginning, where was he going to fit? How much did he want to be involved? How much was he willing to be involved? Because also, when you're a coach, you ain't making $25 million a year to be at the ballpark as you were, yeah. or $20 million, or $18 million, or $10 million as you were as a player. And it's more hours. It's more work for less money. And it tends to superstar players tend to, eh, you know, I don't, I don't have time or energy to do that. Mm-hmm. Does it ultimately really matter, though? I feel like he, you know, he he doesn't have to do any of it. He this. doesn't. No, from Yachty's standpoint, he doesn't owe he, the Cardinals he, he anything. If but anything, to, they owe him something. Right, but when what, what Jamie's referring to is everybody being up in arms about how you know Ollie, Well, maybe Ollie doesn't want him to be the full time manager. Ollie doesn't want him to be the bench coach, or or, or Mo, Mo doesn't want anybody pushing back. And that wasn't the case. That clearly wasn't the case. So I think that's what Jamie's point. You're right. Yachty can be. To the ball, whatever they agreed to, he he only has to do that. If they're pay, and and if he doesn't want to do that and he wants to back out, he could do that too. But when it comes to everybody having the perception, not everybody, but people having the perception of like, ah, Ollie doesn't want him on the staff or any of the nonsense that were being thrown out there a couple of months ago when it was rumored that Yachty and the Cardinals were interested in, in rejoining, I, that that's all that's all moot now. Clearly, because he's got other uh, other obligations. I just go back to the main, my main point. Is, How can he not be here mm, during pitchers and catchers? Right. How can he not I'm be here you. at the most important time when the communication he doesn't want to be when the line of communication between the new pitchers that you've got plenty of them, by the way, and your catcher who needs to improve based on everything the Cardinals said about their their catcher last year, Contreras. Mm-hmm. Why is the guy not here? Like, if, why is Yoda not here That's a right good now? Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yoda ended up dying, actually. He just disappeared. <laughs> oh, I don't think that's I don't think yeah. we're talking about dark Jamie. all of a sudden. No, I'm just saying that's I what happened. I meant the Yoda, Jedi. like that Yoda. Yeah, like I meant, like, the Jedi mind. <laughs> like, no, I know. I Like, he was one with the Force and became yeah. a Force <laughs> ghost. But no, I'm just right. saying, like... <laughs> Yoda didn't have to be there, you know? Man. Hell, Luke actually fell into his lap. (laughs) That was on purpose. That's because Yoda designed it that way. Jeremy Rutherford will talk uh, (laughs) Blue Sox himself. I want to win ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
news, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN. Let's head to our celebrity line, our 101 ESPN celebrity line. We're joined by Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider with The Athletic, or you can follow on Twitter at JP Rutherford. JR, how are you? Oh, doing well, guys. Anthony, how you doing, buddy? Well, not too good. The Blues lost last night, four to one. It looked really, really sloppy uh, outside of Bennington in the fourth line. Not great. What did you? What were your observations? Yeah, you know, it was, to me, it was one of those games where it never looked like it was going to get better, and you hate to do that. You hate to chalk it up to, you know, one of those nights. Uh, you know, afterwards, you know, I've got all the respect in the world for. Braden Shen, but he made the comment afterwards that maybe because the Leafs didn't have Marner, didn't have Tavares because of their illnesses, maybe the Blues took him a little lightly. And I think that's something we probably shouldn't be hearing this time of year with where the Blues are at in their season. Drew Bannister definitely afterwards, he said, no way, not, not a chance can we be thinking like that this time of year. But I don't know. I just, you never felt like, okay, they're going to get back into this thing with the way they were playing. JR, when you look at this team, though, over the last nine games, winning seven out of their last nine. You know, what is it that you're observing that has them winning that many games? Because we can talk about the Columbus game, we can talk about last night Toronto, but I think we also have to discuss the fact that they've won seven out of their last nine. Yeah, you have to. This time of year, you know, when you can say that you've won seven and nine, you know, there's nothing but positives. And you've got to take the positives out of it. You know, one thing that I've noticed is, you know, up until that game last night, uh, you know, and then the Columbus game, you know, they're doing everything they can to win. They're staying in games. You know, if, if they're behind in the third period, they're playing desperate hockey. Uh, we've seen the power play make tremendous strides in this last nine-game stretch. I think I just looked it up, 34%. That's third in the league in these last nine games. So I think they're doing a lot of good things. It's just, gosh, when they lose, look what it looks like with those two games. So, you know, I think it's a little bit concerning, but big picture, like you said, they've put themselves in a pretty good spot with how they've played lately. Blues have a uh, tough task coming up tomorrow night versus Edmonton. Scored eight goals last night, and uh, Connor McDavid didn't score any. He had six assists, though. That guy stinks. He's not good at all. What do the Blues <laughs> need to do tomorrow night? Oh, my goodness. they they got to do a lot. Yeah, this team's uh, tough to handle. You know, you go back to the early part of the season when, when the Oilers are struggling, Terry, and, and you thought to, to yourself, like, are they not going to be a playoff team? This seems impossible. Uh, but every year there's teams that you expect to be there and they fall out. And for a while it looked like the Oilers are going to be that team. But they make the coaching change. They win 16 games in a row. And, yeah, when you can score eight goals and McDavid doesn't get one of them, granted, you know, he had a bunch of apples, uh, that, that's just tremendous. So, you know, I'm going to try to get down to the seats tomorrow. This is one of those games where I, I want to see the speed. You know, Jamie's so lucky to be down uh, between the benches and, and see that speed up close. We're upstairs in the press box where you get a pretty good big picture view of it. I remember one night Brett Hall wandered through the press box and, and he, he walked up and, and looked down on the ice. No wonder you guys rip everybody. You can see everything. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, it's, it's a lot faster downstairs, and uh, we got the family some seats for tomorrow night, so I might go down there and see if I can catch Connor up close. There you go. Jeremy Rutherford joining us right now in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. Jerry, we know that you're working on a piece right now for The Athletic in which you're going to chat with Tory Krug and ask him a series of questions. Interesting season for Tory Krug if you go all the way back to the offseason. Obviously almost almost traded. They, you know, he 
requested that he stays here in St. Louis. Kind of an up and down season. Now he's starting to turn it around. Uh, Give us a little preview on what you guys are going to be talking about. Yeah, I talked to him uh, last night uh, prior to the game in Toronto and uh, just kind of ran through the gamut with some some questions, asked him how he thinks he's playing this season. And I'll tell you one thing he said. He said better than the stats. And and I agree with him. Like, you know, I realize Tory Krug's going to have his critics, and he has had some hiccups uh, this year for sure. But I think by and large he's played a lot better than he did last year. He said he likes the way he's playing two-way. He likes the way he's playing uh, aggressive in the defensive zone. Uh, and, and like he said, better than the stats. And you look at the stats, you know, he's been on the ice. Uh, let me, I have the number here, uh, 29, five on five goals for and 43 against. So, you know, that's not a great number. Uh, and, and, you know, it tells the, the truth there, but I think that we can all say that he's been a much better defender this year than he has last year. But then you look at the offense, he's still just sitting on one goal in the power play you know, hasn't been good up until this last stretch under Drew Bannister. So I think it's a situation with Tory Krug where um, overall he likes the way he's played. And then I did ask him about the uh, trade deadline coming up, March 8th. What's your approach to the trade deadline with everything that went on last summer with you in Philadelphia and invoking the no trade clause? And he said, he said to read it tomorrow in the Athletic. <laughs> wow. Well done. Well done. Well done. You dirty dog. <laughs> <laughs> no, guys, I'll give you a little tease here. He, he said, hey, look, uh, things are going to pop up for sure. And he said uh, that he's just going to, you know, as it comes across his desk, uh, make make decisions based on that. And uh, he had a little more to say that uh, you can read tomorrow. Beautiful. Jared, were you surprised at all when Tory Krug got the five assists that he's the only Blues defenseman in history to get five assists? Yeah, that's pretty insane. And, you know, he got that last assist on that Kyrou goal and, and, uh, you know, I didn't know initially if, if, if they were going to give him that. So he gets the five assists. And, you know, Blues defensemen, you know, American players, it's a short list of players for every category that you want to talk about, uh, Riv, with the players who've put up five assists. And, you know, I can't count the times I've gone up to a player and mentioned a statistic and you ask him about it. And what does it mean to you? And he said, oh, I didn't even know it. Or obviously you know about five assists. But, you know, hey, I'll reflect on that later in my career. Well, when I asked – Tory Krug about the five assists uh, right before the game last night in Toronto. You know, he was beaming. He said, this is something I'll remember for the rest of my career. I got text messages. Uh, you know, I've played with guys who've had five assists, but it's, it's few and far between. But you could tell uh, just talking to him last night that this is something that uh, he doesn't take lightly. JR, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, you talk to the guys frequently. As the trade deadline approaches, do you get a sense of maybe nervousness in the locker room or, or guys talking about it? Do they speak about that? No, not not too much. Um, even if you bring it up, you know, obviously they're going to give you the stock answer. You know, Riv knows that they probably they talk about it amongst themselves, perhaps, you know, whatever, back of the bus. Uh, but it's not something they're going to probably acknowledge too much with us. I think probably the bigger topic, and, you know, Riv, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that, you know, these veteran players don't want to see – guys who can help the team make the playoffs leave at the deadline. They want, they want to win. And, and so I think that, you know, we as media and fans might look at a Marco Scandella and Oscar Sundquist, a Kasperi Kapanen as players that, you know, aren't doing much. But I think that if you start to see these guys fly out the door uh, and the team 
chances of making the playoffs are less than, you know, that's going to be disappointing to some of these veteran players who think that they can get in there. Yeah, JR, I totally agree. And I've said this before, the juice has to be worth the squeeze. You can't just make a trade of a guy like Scandella or Sunquist just because they're UFAs and then you get a fourth rounder, maybe a third, fifth. Like the projections, we went through some of the first rounders that have been taken over the last five years and there's only a small percentage of those guys that actually play in the National Hockey League, let alone a late round guy. So my question to you, ultimately, is as I look at the standings, the Blues are in the second wild card spot, two points up with a game in hand on the Predators, three points up and a game in a hand on the Calgary Flames, who are absolutely going to dismantle that team. So that team is going to go away in a hurry. And why on earth would you make any trades at all when you have the opportunity to get in the playoffs and just stand pat? It's not like you're missing out on anything huge. I don't think you do. I really don't. And even if it changes a little bit between now and March 8th, I think you kind of stay pat. Um, you know, people say, why? You know, I, for the reasons that you just said, like if you have a chance, you know, what's it worth to get two thirds or a third and a fourth? Uh, and, and then because of those trades, you miss out on a, on a trip to the playoffs. Even if you lose in the first round, at least you're, you're making the playoffs. You're getting some of these young guys some experience, like Jake Neighbors. You know, those guys, it's a good vibe for the organization going into the offseason. You know, I, I agree with you that, you know, there are chances of even seeing that third or fourth round pick, you know, aren't 100%. So if it means it's going to take you out of the playoff contention with those teams around you not playing well, and like you said, a couple of them are going to be sellers themselves, then I think that uh, Doug Armstrong would probably stay pat in that situation. The only thing you could see him, you know, maybe consider is some of these guys with term on their contract. And I, I continue to say those are off season, summer type deals usually. But if a team knocks his socks off, you know, a Buchnevich, you know, somebody like that. And I know there's been teams the past couple of days in Buffalo, in Montreal, in Toronto, watching Pavel Buchnevich, watching other forwards with term on this team, the scouts are there. Uh, then I think that uh, if Army were to get a, a package that wowed him, then, then maybe he could do that. Uh, but I think that's a real long shot. Yeah, I, I think it is too because – you know, you get rid of one of those guys, you're telling your team that you don't really care about making the playoffs. You're telling yeah, your fan yeah. base that, you know, you're not eager to make the playoffs when you can make those deals in the off season and still get a pretty good return for it. For sure. Yep. JR, great stuff. Looking forward to that article uh, that you did on, on Tory Clue, Tory crew coming out tomorrow. Okay, now all I have to do is finish it. Yeah, <laughs> go for it. It wasn't even a tease. He wasn't done. <laughs> Thanks, JR. See you, buddy. This is Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We're going to Sports 6 back next. 314-399-9646, the Air Conference Service text line. So if you've got a question for us, send it in. Sports 6 back next. We're right back to the Fastlane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me! The Sports Six Pack is now. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Kerry Davis, Jamie Rivers, and Anthony Stalter. Here's Andrew Marsh with your questions via the Air Comfort Service text line for the Sports Six Pack. Question number one. All right, this first one comes from Thanks Dad. Is Valentine's Day a get drunk holiday? <laughs> very good Why question. are you looking at me? Looks right at me. That's a good question. It's a good question that I think Jamie can answer. 
Uh, I don't think it's like a sit there and pound them back until you're hammered. But I think if you're there with, okay, two ways to look at it. Two scenarios. One, you have nobody to celebrate with. In that mm. case, yes, you go get, get hammered. hammered. <laughs> go get hammered. Get a safe ride home, Uber, ri- ride, mm-hmm. share, whatever. Yeah. Do you do? Lift, Lift, all those things. Um, but if you're with somebody, someone special, it's okay to share a couple of drinks or a bottle of wine or something. And if you get a little buzz on, ain't nobody going to be mad at you. Mm-hmm. Usually then the soft music, you know. Hi, Anthony. little Cisco. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Usher. Thong song. Yeah, that's it. They thong love that song. on Valentine's Day. A little Marvin Gaye and Chardonnay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Marsh. I, we know Marsh's plans now. Whoa. No He's got a mixtape. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Here, honey. Listen to this mixtape I put together. Let me get this cassette player out yep. for you. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to. It's the mixtape. I don't know oh, what that was. Actually, well, <laughs> that sounded like something I mean, else. Hey, man, Anthony. Hey, listen. Didn't know mixtape goes was. first. Mm. Yeah. I, then who knows? Sure. I'm open to everything. Great yeah. sound effects. Mm-hmm. I was fast forwarding. Yeah, um, that's exactly what I rewind thought you were. Ah. exactly what I thought this was. Be well. kind and rewind. Something else. Be kind. You're welcome. Let's just go to the next question. Yeah, right? Thank you. <laughs> question number two. This one comes from the Frito Man. What percent do you give the cards to sign Jordan Montgomery or another pitcher? 0.0. Yeah, I would say about zero. <laughs> well, say I was zero. listening to, to BK for our year and Tanner earlier, and, and there may come a point where... Jordan Montgomery and, and Blake Snell have to sign for a one-year deal. And if that's the case, should the Cardinals be in on a deal like that? Of course. You say at 20, 22, 24 million. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. One-year deal? One Absolutely. Year. They don't have enough money. Will yeah. they Why don't they have enough money, Marsh? Marsh <laughs> they got plenty of money. <laughs> they got plenty of money. They could do a one-year deal for that. No doubt. Marsh, I know you're, Would you rather you're be- being cute, though. I'm just I joking. Got you. I'm just not. joshing with you. <laughs> but they're not going to... I don't think they're going to have to settle for a one-year deal. I really don't. It's getting, I mean, it's pitchers and weird. catchers are, are It is weird, are for sure. They are pitchers, are they the not? The two most coveted starters in the offseason. Yeah. Are they were supposed to be. Are they not Are they not reporting now? Pitchers and catchers? They are. Yeah. Those yeah. two aren't. Not good enough. Hey, we got our guys. Do we? We don't want more? Ish. All right. No, of course. I think this is, I think they should sign Jordan Montgomery yesterday. But to Jamie's point, ain't gonna happen. Zero point zero percent. I don't like it. Question number three from the six three six. Which non-team sport do you wish you were a professional athlete for? Which non-team sport? Oh, boxing. I I, listen. Yeah, good call. If I was heavyweight champion, you know how much. But they didn't say that. He didn't say you're heavyweight champion. No, no, no. You might be ranked thirtieth in the world. sport i would gladly like mike tyson do you know how much uh, people i'm sure just move the hell out of the way when he walked through in the 80s and 90s but they still do probably like, yeah. like, let's like be honest pitbull off the leash yeah it's iron mike get this hell get yeah this guy, guy has a pet tiger mm-hmm. yeah and put his head dang it crazy yeah i like it i'm gonna um one, I, I mean, I like where your your heart is at. You didn't think it would be Peter McNeely. The <laughs> I'm just saying, Jamie's right. You don't necessarily always don't, become. 
You're not always the best. The most, man. The, the heavyweight champion of the world. What Sometimes if, you're just McNeely. Why? What if you're the guy that people break in fighting? Why? Why would I want to do that? I, there's no reason why you'd want to do that. No. I think for me, uh, if we're going to just pick our thing, you know, I'm going to be the best golfer in the world. Yeah, that's a good Give one. Give me too. them golf clubs. Give me that wow. country club. Yeah. Give me those cocktails. I can play hungover. I don't even care. That's and money, I'm just getting paid. Money baby. being made. Yeah, that's just a good one. Paid. Just, just would you be a part of Live Golf? Uh, yeah, yeah, pay me. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be a part of whatever putt putt. I don't give crap. <laughs> pay me. Yeah, that's that a good one. That would be my pick right there. I was, thinking bo I was thinking boxing, too, yeah, but Jamie boxing. just laid it out. He did, he did he just, just make it, it out. better. I mean, right, we're not, yeah. I'm not ducking people punching me, It's fine to say, oh, yeah, we're aggressive guys. Hear yeah. me roar, but then you get punched in the face. Yeah, yeah. Even if you're the champ, you're getting punched in the face. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> this is true. I think being a Formula One driver would be sick. Really? That's grueling, though. Those guys, you ever seen the physical stuff they have to go oh, through? Oh, for sure. They have, like, a Screw full, that. like, computer inside their car, too. Yeah. Hey, John Daly. Yep. Here we go. <laughs> Out there in your pajamas. Yeah. Drunk as a skunk. Teeing off mm. on a beer can. Living life. It does sound that. Uh, Actually, it doesn't sound bad. Does it? Don't the, and maybe Formula One is like this too, but don't the NASCAR drivers lose like 10 pounds or something like that? Something While they're driving. Yeah. It's grueling. They, ha they, they have they to, don't, like they a don't, whole bunch yeah. of training for this. Mm -hmm. I watched a whole like documentary on this thing. It's mm -hmm. nuts. I believe that. Yeah. You got those diapers in there. You can put them to use. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> sure, that's right. Hey, try to win. Try to win a piston cup here. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what you meant. <laughs> Why'd you think I said it, Jamie? <laughs> oh, man. Question number four. From the 636, what teams have the best shot at defeating the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs next season? This is coming from a Chiefs fan. Oh, boy. Besides nobody? Like, besides nobody. Uh, I would say the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, God. Not again. Who will lose? I would say the San Francisco 49ers, who would lose. And I would say... Uh, a healthy Cincinnati Bengals. A healthy Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow. I think the Chargers are going to be really interesting now that they got a human being as head coach <laughs> with an actual brain. Oh, yeah. So I'll, I'll throw the Chargers in that mix. Who will actually lose? Yep. yep. So Baltimore, Frisco, Chargers, and of course, Marshy's Vikings. No, you shut your mouth. What do you mean, no? Now, quarterback. They got Kirky Cousins. He's he going there. They play four different guys. Yeah. Hell, I was called and I told him my shoulder was uh, not ready yet. Nick Mullins hung 400 some odd yards on Jamie's Lions. Joshua Dobbs beat my Falcons walking off a plane, meeting yeah. the guys on the sidelines for the Didn't first time. Didn't even know their names. Didn't even know their or names. Or the snap count. That, mm. that, that says team, a lot. That team went 7 and 10. <laughs> You put Kirky Cousins back on that uh, would've squad? Been, would have been a playoff team. Would have been I'll a playoff say. team. Absolutely. Probably would have lost in the first round again, but hey, eh, no doubt. Just get in. You never know unless, what happens. Unless it was against the Saints. Just get in. You play the Saints in the in, in <sighs> any round, Vikings are gonna win that. That's one. true. That is true. In New Orleans, in Minnesota. Doesn't matter. Absolutely no shot. Have to have mm -hmm. a Hail Mary uh play it basically Stephon in the on the last Diggs. Mm -hmm. Stephon Diggs is gonna make that play. He'll make it happen. Mm -hmm. Vikings Saints, give me the Vikings. They won't. <laughs> Question number five. 
From the 636, is it better to cook the old lady's favorite meal Whoa. or oh. order takeout from her favorite place on Valentine's Day? This is from Kevin, who ran into JR at QT one time. Oh, nice. If right, you're looking on Valentine's Day, if you're looking for the romance side of it, I think you cook the meal. Yeah, good what call. If, what if you're not a good cook, though? Even it's then, the effort. Then you hire somebody. They have these people that are private that chefs. Are, yeah, that is you a go good. Buy, nah, that's the you best. You tell them, yeah. here's what I'd like. They give you the list of ingredients, or they'll even go get it themselves if mm-hmm. you pay them for it. They come to your home, and they cook the meal. And you just set up the table. You get Marshy's mixtape out. Oh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Candlelight. You and then, had buzzing over there. Then this, this chef... Cooks this unbelievable meal for you in an inti- like intimate setting, and then the chef, as soon as the meal's done, they clean everything, put it in, and then they, because they know what's for dessert. Wow! Couldn't you just go to a restaurant Cake? though? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Prem> brulee. <laughs> you could, you could, Marshy, but this is the romance side. This yeah. is, you have so much to learn, young Jedi. Maybe you talking about Yoda earlier. We were right? talking about Yoda. You fell into my lap, Marshy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dangerous place to yeah. be, Marsh. It's a dangerous yeah, it place to hey, be. What could go wrong, Marshy? Oh, so boy. many things. I got you. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I have so much to learn from Jamie. Yes, you do. And I've learned a lot. Hey, you yeah. have, see? And I've learned what not to do. Uh-huh. Uh, over but, and over and over but again. But this sounds like something I should do. This is, there's different ways of teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Either show them what not to do or what to do. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's up to you to decide. That's Jamie Rivers handing out great advice each and every day here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. He'll also tell us uh, how the Blues can bounce back following last night's loss. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Five, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stolzers. The Blues lose last night 4-1 to to the Maple Leafs. And, Jamie, I'd heard you on earlier today on the opening drive, and then you had mentioned it in our first segment, too. You're right. I mean, this is a situation last night where the, where the Blues really set up for success. They, they, were, they, they didn't have their top. The, the, Toronto didn't have their top defenseman. They're down a couple of other players. I mean, this, this should have been an opportunity for another victory in a spot that you have had plenty of success before, but they they didn't get off to a fast start. It was sloppy early on. It didn't really get much better. The goaltending was there from Bennington. If not, it's a seven to one game probably. And like we were talking about earlier, the fourth if your fourth line's your best best line of the night, you probably didn't have a good one. The Blues didn't. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. And I think that from a team standpoint, you have to address it. You hate to overreact because it's, you know you've had a pretty good stretch of hockey here in the last nine to ten games, but you have to address things like that. Like, like I think that it was necessary to address the Columbus game to a certain point. I think that there was some fatigue there, both physically and mentally. Did you overlook your opponent? Were you thinking about margaritas on the beach somewhere? Maybe. They're human beings. It happens. It's not acceptable, in but Tor- it happens. In Toronto? No, this is before the Columbus oh. game. Oh, that just, makes I was more say, sense. Pay attention. <laughs> Hang on, guys. Oh, right. Toronto just, doesn't You happen. know what? Just sit back, after... buckle up, and enjoy the ride. <laughs> on the way home? Yeah. <laughs> the Columbus game. <clears throat> now, moving ahead to the Toronto game, to me, it's a different 
mentality. For me, you have to you have to talk about it. You have to discuss the fact that how are you not ready? Why are you not ready? And how can we change it moving forward? Because mm-hmm. we're in a very competitive playoff race mm-hmm. here. Playoffs. And I know that you know Braden Shen talked about. Well, maybe we looked across and and took the opponent lightly and. I know what he meant with his comment. He was being very honest that maybe maybe not him, but maybe certain people or maybe the team overall just kind of thought, oh, we can kind of just do what we want tonight, which is the wrong way to go in and approach it. I don't think it was from a standpoint of, oh, we thought we're so good. Yeah. Like, I just think sometimes when you're being this is why this is why athletes sometimes aren't honest in interviews is because things then get twisted and it puts it's get puts into whatever context Twitter wants it to be sure. or whatever, right? Yeah. So I don't fault Braden Shen for saying that. What I do commend is Drew Bannister's approach to it, just saying no. This is a tough league, and any team on any night can can beat you. And mm-hmm. when you're a team that's in a playoff race, and I'm paraphrasing what sure. I'm saying here, but any team that's in a playoff race has to show up every night, and it wasn't acceptable what happened in Toronto last night. So today's a new day. You know, you attack the the practice plan. You have the team meetings. You address some of the things that you saw that you didn't like. And this team has been very responsive to the coaching. Since the coaching change, anytime there's been a moment of accountability or a moment of honesty, the players have responded in a positive way. Mm-hmm. And they better because tomorrow night the opponent is the Edmonton Oilers, who are not even arguing, who have been the best team in the National Hockey League over the last twenty games. I think sixteen in a row. I think they've won two or two in a row now. Again, they lost one and won two more in a row. <laughs> like this is a team that is playing really good hockey. They're they're thirty one and seventeen on the season, plus thirty six goal differential. Hmm. And this is a team was so bad, their coach got fired. Yeah. So imagine how good they are now. So you better pull up your socks and be ready to roll because the Oilers aren't going to take it easy on you. How important is this stretch? They are The Blues are 9-9-6 nine, nine and six at home. I think you would prefer to have a winning record um, at home. But they got three of those four teams are playoff teams that they play while they're on this home, home stretch right here. And then Nashville is just out of uh, the second spot right behind them. Yeah, the Blues are 15-9-1. and one. Did I read that uh, wrong? Yeah, you, uh, you, you I read, I read you it backwards. You got the L.A. Kings. Oh, Lord. It's fine. <laughs> you had me because I even did the same I, I thing. I thought I did. I'm like, I was right. like, 15-9-1. Uh, oh, yeah, I did 15, do 15-9-1. <laughs> but they're 13-13 on the road. There so, you go. I know, uh, something was tied. Yeah, no, for me, the next stretch of games here for the Blues is, is huge. And I go back to the stretch of games where they went out to – Calgary and Seattle and Vancouver. I hear everybody say, Oof, this is this is the big moment. And they went and won three in a row. Mm-hmm. So, so far, this team has been able to respond uh, in times where they've needed big wins. And if you go over the next little stretch of games here at Edmonton, and then the big one, Saturday against the Predators. Mm-hmm. It's a massive game. You have a game in hand on that team, and you're two points ahead. That's a four-point swing. Mm-hmm. You beat them, it eats up another game played for them, and it adds two more points of a difference between you and them. That will create some separation. But then you got the Toronto Maple Leafs again, to which you owe them a little something. Right. And you got the Islanders. That's a tough game. You got the Red Wings, who are a playoff team. You got the Jets, and you got the Oilers. The rest of your month is really difficult. So if, I, if I'm the Blues and we're looking at 
what, seven games here, I think is what it is. Seven games between now and the end of the month. You want to be five and two, four and three minimum. Mm-hmm. You have to be. Yeah. You have to be. And then you can figure out. Then you figure it out. Well, right. then the next then the next obstacle is the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the trade deadline is while the Blues are on the road here, too. I forget exactly what date. Maybe it's maybe it's the 9th, 8th or 9th of March. Not sure. It's in, in that area. I forget now. But that's going to be right in the middle of a big road trip that they've got to where they go to Philly, Islanders, Devils, Rangers, Bruins. So life isn't getting that much easier for you here. You're going to have to create your own success. No one's going to give it to you. March is an important month, and not just because all of us were born in March. Oh, I thought, I thought that's where that you were was. Going. I, I didn't think it was any other reason. Yeah, March is an important month for the month for the Blues. Oh, and for all of us. There you go. Because we're all born in March. Indeed. Every single one of us. <laughs> Marsh, Gary, Jamie, me. Are we all Pisces? No. I know. No. Ooh. Aries. Mm. So it's just Jamie. We're the Pisces. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah uh, that makes Aries. sense. It does. <laughs> makes a lot of sense. See? Young Jedi. Go his lap. Yep. Oh. All right. Hey, uh, the Cardinals. Spring training. Pitchers and catchers have, have reported. No Yachty. Okay. <laughs> no Yoda. He's not either. a catcher anymore. He doesn't have to He's report. A coach slash front office. Ish. Yeah, you know, he'll be there. Show up when I feel like it. He's <laughs> all right. He's yachty. He can like do whatever he wants. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's what you... Jamie does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <good> job. <laughs> Is Jamie on the show tonight? Nobody Stay knows. I'm doing something else. <laughs> Wait, baby. <laughs> all right. Spring, spring training storylines next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fastlane on 101 ESPN with pitchers and catchers reported for the Cardinals. Kind of a good time to discuss some of the bigger storylines heading into spring training. I don't know for for you guys. I'm not necessarily interested. It's always fun to see the the new players. So see how Sonny Gray pitches and Kyle Gibson, even Lance Lim, even though he pitched for the Cardinals before. Like it's it's fun to see the new guys in in the uniforms. But I think for me, one of the bigger storylines is whether or not Dylan Carlson's going to have a good spring. Can he show up, play play like his hair's on fire, and make it difficult for the Cardinals to not at least, if, even if he doesn't start, not get his bat in the lineup? So I think Dylan Carlson's a massive storyline for spring training. You think a massive storyline? Yeah. Hmm. Yes. That To me, that's almost like saying when your fourth line's your best line, you've had a bad... <laughs> like, I don't know if it's a massive storyline. If if Dylan Carlson has a bad spring training, I don't know if anybody, like, you know... Fair. But I know what I know what the starting pitching is going to look like. I Do know you, what... See, I don't... But, it, okay, but if Sonny Gray doesn't have a good spring training... I'm not even talking about Sonny Gray. If Lance I think Lynn Sonny Gray be, is going to be fine. It's the other four I'm kind of pausing on. But the, no matter what, that's going to be the starting rotation, right? That, that, yeah, that's but kind that of doesn't mean it's that's not the biggest matter. story. Okay, well, just because you're saying it's predetermined. Right, Jamie, welcome, welcome <laughs> into the discussion. What's your biggest storyline? You critical son of a. So, 
I think Dylan Carlson is going to be a big <laughs> You know what? I shouldn't have said massive. All right? I shouldn't have said massive. Yeah, be careful. Yeah. I should have said an, an, words. an interesting storyline. Yeah. Um, interesting for, for me is going to be some of us. how they deploy Nolan Gorman, too. I am interested for that. It's not like a big, like, ooh. It's just like, how, do they, how are they going to deploy him? One, how, how healthy is he? Two, is he going to get more reps at second base or more reps at the DH position? Mm-hmm. So I, I look at that. For me, that's an interesting story, storyline for me, is Nolan Gorman and how they deploy him early on in this whole thing. Um, well, I think for me, it's going to be the, the pitchers and the catchers, seeing how well that group meshes, how well they mesh in comparison to last year. Last year, we had a lot of outside noise if you're in the clubhouse and you had people saying things and it didn't seem like a good marriage for, for Wilson Contreras when he first got here. And it felt like he was being blamed for the majority of it. So how well does this staff and him mesh? Because Kisner's not here anymore. He won't be able to take the the, the brunt of or some of the load or, or some of the pressure off of Wilson Contreras. So I think that will be a story. You know, I know they should be better, but I think that's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah. I also think the pitching, the young pitchers, who who stands out? Zach Thompson, does he stand out? Or one of these other young guys, the Michael McGreevies, the Tim Kents, the Gordon Graceffis? Do they get a real chance this spring training? That's I, I don't think they get a real chance to crack the starting rotation, but I do think the, they – not they don't, not the starter because I think the starters are solidified. Yeah, but do they have a chance to crack the bullpen? Do they have a chance to actually make the the opening day roster? I could see one of the young guys having an opportunity to to maybe make the bullpen, but it's more for me. It's more the who's who's next in line. Who's going down to Memphis and the coaching staff's like mm, the don't moment we have it. any issues. Yeah, isn't that he's back? Isn't that the the good sign this yeah. year? Like what I mean by that is last year it was like we're relying upon internal options and it blew up in your face. Yeah. This year you didn't do that. So now if Zach Thompson or Graceffo or McGreevy or somebody kind of separates themselves from the pack, that's a good problem to have. Totally. So I like I find it interesting too. I, I am wondering which one of these young pitchers is going to push you to the brink of can't really send this guy to Memphis. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure what to do with him. Mm-hmm. We'll have to figure right. this out. I like that that's a possibility, and I like that that's a storyline, but I like that that is like a, that would be great, not the storyline is, woof. we better hope one of these right. young guys steps up or, yeah, or exactly. we're cooked. Yeah. yeah, like none of the young guys, for example, look good. None of them look sharp or yeah, they're inconsistent. Like, ah, they need another year. Yeah, so like, oh, crap. Here's one from the 706 that I, I talked about often. Will the Cardinals have a set lineup at the end of spring training, or will they continue to pick names out of a hat to see who plays that day? Yes. All right. I hate it. Me too. I hate it. I, 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 I've given you the analogy of if we came in here every day and didn't know what role we were going to fit, you're the, the the leader of the bunch, and if I had to drive and you just sat there and had to fi- ask me every segment, what are we doing? <laughs> like, I don't know. You're supposed to tell me. I, just knowing your defined role – Every single day, where you're going to be playing, who you're going to be hitting in front of, who you're going to be hitting behind, I think it makes consistency makes everything, in my opinion, easier. And I think last year they made life really hard on themselves because if you come to the ballpark and you're ready to play, and then you're told, "No, you're you're not playing today," or you come in and think, "I'm chilling, I'm good." Yeah, you're up. Wait, what? Yeah, that is a different mindset, Jamie. You know, it's a different mindset. When you're going to the stadium, whether or not you're playing today, 
and not that you're not professional, but it's just a different level of preparation that is required for game day as opposed to, yeah, I'm chilling today. Yeah. Now my mindset is that I'm going to be in flip-flops on the, on the, in the dugout or whatever it is. I don't have cleats on. I'm chilling. So I think that that will matter as well. What about you, Marsh? What's your, what's your big or interesting storyline heading into spring training? I just want to see if the uh, the young guys can can continue what they did last year. Can Nolan Gorman stay healthy? Will he hit 40 home runs? Will Jordan Walker have a good sophomore year? Will Mason Wynn actually be the starting shortstop? Mm-hmm. What if he has a bad spring? Then where do you go? So I'm wondering how these guys fare in their second year, first year. Um, it should be interesting. I hope I hope they do well because I want to see them in the lineup. Um, but I wonder how much spring training will impact what they do in terms of the starting lineup. If I if I were to ask you guys, pick one player that this is this is a vital spring training for them or an important spring training to them. Who would you pick? One guy. Yeah. Uh, I think you. I mean, Dylan Carlson is a name. I there think that's the one name because where are you? Who are you? What are you? Are you? Whenever you're at a point where hell, this guy could be a starter. Or he could be not on a team in 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 a few. That's a <laughs> that's a difficult position to be in. So I think he's a name. I think most of the other players are pretty much solidified. Alec Burleson is who he is. I don't think there are any expectations for him to be a starting outfielder this season. Dylan Carlson would be the name that you're – yeah, you you need to have a good spring training because you could be a starter or you could competing? be at home. Is Victor Scott really going to get a look this year? I think or he's going to – I think he's going to get a, an opportunity to come up later on. Okay. September. Mm-hmm. That would uh, – that, I mean, unless he's ready. He just hits the yeah. cover off. What if he just – What if he's just incredible? And you're sitting there and, and Dylan Carlson is mm. mid – Alec Burleson is mid. But what do you do with Tommy Edmond? Put him at second base. What do you do with Brendan Donovan? He got eight gold gloves, doesn't he's he? Supposed to be UT- yeah, you're what right. What do you do with Nolan Gorman? <laughs> he's a he DH. A- I think if he has a good spring training, we bring him up in late September. <laughs> Doesn't matter what he does in Memphis in between there. Oh my he, goodness! Remember that March, wanna- dude? Put on a show. You know, start anyone's clock, huh? Wilson Contreras, to me, is probably the most important person when it comes to having a good spring. Mm-hmm. We have some new starting pitchers, some new relievers, getting acclimated, getting better behind the plate. I think that's vital for this team, especially defensively. Yeah, that's a good call. It's going to be an interesting spring training, that's for sure. It's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We've got our biggest question of the day next. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. It's time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. With Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalzers, Andrew Marsh with the biggest question of the day. All right, we got a text from the 314. Is it better for a team to have a definitive identity and culture, or is it just simply play balls to the wall day in and day out? Well, the latter is a culture. That, 100%. If you show up and play, would you say balls to the walls? Yeah. yeah. That is your culture. 
if every guy that if that's what you're doing if you're a team that every guy knows hey man we show up here every day and you know we don't have a t- an identity or culture but we just go out there and we're in your face for the entire game well that is your identity yeah. i agree so that's the way i look at it i so to piggyback off of what you're saying jamie i think it is important to have an identity i think knowing how you win that's important knowing who you are is important that's that's important in everyday life why wouldn't it be important for a team and when I think of, I mean, Carrie, I, I use this example a lot with, with your Steelers teams. Mm-hmm. Me as a fan, I knew if any team had to go to Pittsburgh in January. It's going to be rough. It's going to be rough, man. You're going to get the snot kicked out of you. Same thing with Baltimore. Same thing with a lot of those AFC North teams, yeah. say for the Browns, because they're always they were always bad. Yeah, the Browns, they don't count. You know you're going to get your, your rear end kicked in if – you go to Indianapolis when Peyton Manning was there, mm-hmm. you know you're going to have to play a perfect game. You're probably going to have to put up a lot of points. If you played in, I don't know, uh, Jamie, you probably, you, you know this, to, but the Blues in 2019, you are going to be roughed up that entire series. You may win. Good luck winning the next game, though. That was kind of like Pittsburgh and Baltimore, too, back in the day. Yeah. The following week, <laughs> if you played Pittsburgh or Baltimore the previous week, you're yeah. probably going to lose the next week yeah. because you're just so banged up. Yep. It took everything out of you. Yeah. Same thing with the 2019 Blues. If Winnipeg won, I don't think they would have won the next round. No. If Dallas won in that game seven, I don't think they would have won the next round, even against San Jose. San Jose certainly wasn't going to win. <laughs> they didn't have enough guys they to didn't finish have enough the guys series. To finish the series. <laughs> you got Sorry, beat up, man. It's not, it's not my team. I think it's a, I think it's very important to have an identity. If you're if you're a fan of of Whitey Ball here in St. Louis, how can you not love an identity? So you you know how your team is going to play, night in and night out. I think it's important to have an identity, if, even if it's not the the physically imposing team. You could be a smart team. You can be a a quick fast team. Whatever your sport is and whatever you do best. Do that, yeah. right? Do that and do it often and, and do it more or better than your opponent is able to do it. Put mm-hmm. pressure on people. Whatever you do well, make sure that that's the highlight of your team and, and that also becomes your culture. That can And maybe it's that for that season, but for me, the culture is something that is 10 years from now, they still have the same mindset. Like they come in, the new group of guys that didn't play with each other, yeah, I, that's what we do. That's what we did. Cool. That, exactly. And so that to me is a culture. It's hard. I think it's hard to, to – I don't know, Jamie. Do you think it's harder to create a culture or keep it established? Like keep it going. Which one is harder? Well, it's probably harder to create okay. the culture. And the reason being is because you're starting from nothing. Yeah. To continue the culture. So, you know, you're actually leading me into what I was going to ask of both of you guys is – do you think that some teams suffer from a lack of identity or loss of culture because there's so much turnover in rosters? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that goes along with what you're saying. So so nowadays it might actually be harder to maintain That's the what culture I think. because I think. you used to keep veteran guys around. Like in the Seven, NHL. Eight years, nine years, yeah. But in the NHL, when you were 32, 33, you were signed on purpose mm-hmm. by a team or you right. were you were kept by your current team to just be that guy 
We had a couple of 30-year-olds, a couple of 35-year-olds on the team, mm-hmm. and th- they continue to pay it forward to move the message along to the next group. And then the next group becomes the veteran guys Correct. who maintain. But it's pretty tough to to do that when you have such roster turnover that by the time guys are four or five years into playing for a team, then they're gone. Yeah. And a new guy comes in because you're like, well, we'll take somebody else's guy who's leaving yeah. via free agent. But that guy's bringing in a different point of view, a different culture. And it's starting, that, then it starts to almost fight itself mm-hmm. because you've got so many different guys. Because if you've different got guys ways. who played on different yeah. teams that are good teams, they have different ways Correct. of doing it. Correct. Right. So they might all be wanting the same end goal. But they're going about it differently, so therefore your culture actually ends up fractured because you have too many cooks in the kitchen type sure. thing. It's also, you know, an identity, too, is a blueprint. Mm-hmm. It's a blueprint for how your front office is going to lay out the roster. Right. If you don't have an identity, then what the G, what is the GM doing? He's just selecting players. He th- Ah, this player is going to work out. I think this is a good player based on the athleticism or whatever. Does he fit the rest of the roster, or are you just collecting talent? I think teams that collect talent ultimately lose. We fall for it, though. We in the media, we fall for it. Fans fall for it. Just collect talent. No. How does that talent work in unison together? If if there is an identity, you can build a roster that has veteran players and young players that all fit together because they play well because they fit into an, an identity. If you're just collecting talent, you're now hoping, you're almost trying to get lucky that the that, that enough guys are going to have great seasons and carry you. So this goes back to my point not too long ago, maybe a week ago, no, two weeks ago, I guess now, is when the Cardinals, we talked about you know, how bad was that clubhouse that mm-hmm. you had to overcorrect the way you did. So if we're talking about culture, we're talking about identity, so the Cardinals are trying to right the wrong that happened because it looks it looks to me like John Mozeliak just put together collectively what he thought was just going to be the best group of players. Yes. And then it kind of blew up in his face to where now he's going back and he's getting former Cardinals to come back, even signing a guy like Matt Carpenter. And I know it's not a courtesy signing. I understand that. But you can't tell me that they coveted Matt Carpenter right. for any other reason than to come in and help reestablish what it is to be a Cardinal or what the work ethic should be on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And in that case, I think, you know, maintaining that culture has somehow been lost for the St. Louis Cardinals. I think They picked the wrong guys to carry the torch. Yeah. yeah. And as you said, the turnover happens. Guys are now you're your fourth or fifth year. Now you're the veteran of a team as opposed to a guy that's in his eighth or ninth year. It just And sometimes Kerry, you know this some of those guys don't want the responsibility. No. Some no. guys don't have that that, no. that personality. Everybody is not able. And they're like, yeah. well, yeah. I'm good. Yeah. I'll care for myself. It's not I don't love you guys, but I got my hands full over here. But at times right. I don't know that the front office knows that. Like the guys sure. in the locker room know Hey, this guy can't lead us anywhere. He, he won't do it. He don't want to do Which it. Which is why the GMs need to have they a have, year. Sometimes the they don't have a clue as to who yeah. the actual leaders are of a team. Now, you may think it's this guy. Oh, it's actually it's that guy over there that everybody, when he speaks, they listen. And you might have guys that profile. To yes. Be, that guy there, he's a leader. No, no he's, he's not. not. <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, he is not. <laughs> that guy over there picking his nose, he's actually when the leader. speaks, we sit up and listen. Now put the booger down first. <laughs> don't wipe it on the furniture, please. And no, don't eat it. <laughs> hey, all leaders, you know, they don't come in the same uh, 
same box. No. Yeah. You know? Let's hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Bet the board. Three stars of the day next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. If you miss anything from today's show, you can always download the podcast available at 101ESPN.com, your 101 ESPN mobile app, all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time to bet the board here in the Fast Lane. Marsh, nice job last night. You were the only dub. Yeah, however, it came at the expense of your St. Louis Blues. Yeah. I am sorry. Yeah, I tried. You bet the Leafs. Yeah. I tried. Yeah. To, I tried the reverse jink. Jamie, I'm no, one and six. No, now I'm two and six. Nothing. Uh-uh. <laughs> What's like the, what are the standings? Do you mind? Uh, um, I can't, yeah, please let off? me know what I've been betting. Yeah, uh, oh, Jamie, well, you've you been sending know. in your yeah, you've been sending uh, in your plays. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Carrie's in first place, four it. and four. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and Anthony are tied at three and five, and I'm at two and six in last place. Trying to turn this puppy around yep. right. Gary you got honors man I'm gonna go to the Golden State Warriors again I've, I've been riding these guys I mean well you know I've been ri- yeah, <laughs> riding yeah. with it's awfully nice these you. guys <laughs> all of them Gary or I've That's been riding time. with the, the Golden State Warriors oh, oh wow uh, I, we they're do. minus three that and makes half sense. against the uh yeah. Los Angeles Clippers <laughs> <laughs> might as well do okay <laughs> All right, now that that's he over with. <laughs> that was quick. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Florida Panthers. They're in Pittsburgh tonight. No, you're not. They're 5 you're and not 0. You're to do that. <laughs> they're 5 and 0. They're 5 and 0 on the road this year. Right. 6 and 1 straight up in their last 6 games or 7 games, I should say. Can't They've been phenomenal. Right Why would you Give me the Panthers minus 142 against Jamie's Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Oh, I left you the Penguins. You did, and I'm tempted. Because the only I, I have nothing else ready here. Marsh. <laughs> I'm not picking your sharks. That's well, for sure. Do you want to give you didn't pick your sharks? Well, no. You would have if you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would have definitely picked them had I not been here. They're plus three forty. That's great. I, never, I have never seen an three. underdog in hockey that that large. Yeah. Plus three forty. That's not great. Nah. All right. I, That's hor. I, is like nobody playing for them tonight? I know they're terrible, they're but. A good team. But the still, three, really plus three, four, the Winnipeg Jets are minus four fifty on the money line. <laughs> I've never seen a favorite that high mm. in hockey. Yeah, depends on the day. Um, I, I'm going to do this just because I have the Penguins <laughs> plus one fourteen. That's an Anthony move right there. Yeah, I kind of like, respect it. Well, the other game was the Coyotes in the Wild. It's minus one fifteen to minus one hundred five. I mean, it's a pickup. Yeah, like it's literally, and I don't like either of those teams, and I don't want either of them to win. So, yeah, go, go Penguins. Yeah, <laughs> come on, Sid the kid. Uh, all right, Marsh, what do you got? Well, Minnesota, we need them to lose. They're taking on the Arizona Coyotes at Mullet Arena, and these guys, I mean, when they're playing at Mullet, look out, look out. Even though they lost to Vegas, they only lost three two. They've lost. Uh, 
I'm looking back their last five. They've they've lost all five. But <laughs> not tonight, baby. Not Mullet to, Arena. Not tonight. They've won three in a row against Minnesota. I like that. So I'm taking the Coyotes at Mullet. Let's go. They're fifth. Oh. They're 15 and 10 at Mullet this year. 15 and 10. I like that. There you go. Get a winning record. It's actually a pretty fun spot. Six in a row. It is. They've lost six in a row total. Hey, you know who else? You know who else lost a lot of stuff in a row? Who? Me. Guess who bounced back last night? You. Me. Expensive blues. Oh, come on, Jamie. He was trying. He was. (laughs) He was trying. All right, Uh, Marsh. Criticisms, compliments. Yeah, Jamie brought up, uh, since it's Valentine's Day, that you want to be romantic, just just hire a chef to yeah. come in and cook your food for you and your girl. Mm. Well, uh, multiple texters, and this one from the 617, you know, you cook your, they cook your meal for you and your, and your girl, and then the chef steals your girlfriend. Oh, well, then you weren't doing your job. Yeah. Or she wasn't. She might not have been your girlfriend. Mm, right, no kidding. Yeah. Blue, you know, may have that. thought it was she was. Boy, that way. <laughs> doesn't sound like she was. How did you go that route? Well, I don't know. Hey, Jamie, great idea, but I'm nervous that, that the, the chef, chef will steal my steal woman. Girl. This might have happened. <laughs> <It> <laughs> might have. <laughs> he tried to be Lance Romance. Yeah. <laughs> and Pepe Le Chef left with the girl. Oh, man. This reminds me of Wedding Crashers uh, when, or no, no, was it Wedding Crashers? When he's talking about. Uh, then you take the early flight home from San Diego and a couple of naked people to jump out of your closet like it's a magic show. Or that was old school. The old school. Well, that's old what school. it was. There you go. that literally happened. Yes. <laughs> We're here for the, you know, remember yeah, that one? Yes. <laughs> you take the true love. Then you take the early flight home from San Diego. A couple of naked people hop out of your closet. Uh... <laughs> We got one from the 636. Great show, boys. Love you, RK. Now, I'm not I'm not sure if they're going by RK or if Randy they love Randy Carricker. Right. Either way, thank you. Yeah, Whether does. that is Randy, Randy or somebody else named maybe Ronald Kuyper. We appreciate you. <laughs> is that Mel Kuyper's brother? Yes. <laughs> A lot of people don't know Mel Kuyper's brother's name Ronald. He handles to beat the NBA draft. <laughs> Fantastic work from Ronald. Oh. Ronald Kuyper. All right. Are you guys ready for the three stars of the day? Yes. Let's go. Our Please. third star of the day goes to all of those out there that are booger eaters. Mm. Shout out to the booger eaters. Okay. Well, as long as they're leaders. As long as they're leaders. That was the point. I don't know. Our second star of the day goes to... <laughs> The little green guy, Yoda. Yeah. Shout out Yoda. Not Yachty. Doing some work, Not Yachty. Yoda. No. Yoda. That's right. And then ended up in people's laps. Yep. Mm. (laughs) And uh, on a more serious note, our first uh, first star of the day goes to, and this is from the 636 who recommended this, totally, totally agree, the Kansas City first responders today for what happened at the parade. First responders and the brave people that decided to tackle one of the sus- suspects. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are videos all over Twitter. I hate that there's videos. I hate that there's th- that this happens. But there were several people that jump into action. They, you could watch it on the video where one of the suspects is running past them. One guy tackles them. Another guy slams into him again. And three or four people 
sit on top of this guy until law enforcement come over. I mean, again, you talk about you talk about the a courageous act. You don't know what else these people have planned, right. and they leapt into action. They put their lives on the line. So, yeah. But uh, overall, sad day in Kansas City, where at least one person is deceased and several others are in critical condition two now 22 uh, people that have been injured and and the most disheartening thing it reports are coming out that 11 or 12 of the of the of the the victims that are are injured are are children yeah so we don't know the age ranges and all that but it nonetheless this cannot like at what point do we say enough is enough with this i mean what are we doing i don't get i don't get it I don't get it. I never will get it, and I guess that's I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, very true. All right, we'll uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Don't forget Blues Oilers pregame tomorrow at six o'clock. We've got instant replay coming up right now, though, from six to seven. For Andrew Marsh and Kerry Davis and Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter, be good to each other. All right, be good to each other. We appreciate you listening today, having some fun, and again, we'll be back tomorrow. See you. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.